Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm so close I could take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value taming, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to haters. How they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. So a lot has happened since uh, the last time we did a live podcast, right? We crossed a million subs, which yeah, is great. Yeah, congrats, right, uh, congrats, congrats to everybody, to everybody, and thank you to everyone that subscribed. And uh, uh, that was pretty annoying, Tom, but uh, Thanks, fantastic. Tom. Now we're deaf. We, uh, uh, the Tate interviews, we haven't spoken since we came back from yeah. uh, Andrew and Tristan Tate's uh, uh, interview. We had a good time there. And then uh, we just got news right now, this morning, that they got charged. And, yep. with, and we'll talk about that as well. But today's guest is a special one. I've seen his stuff. And a message you gave, oh, my God. I mean, it was absolutely bonkers, the message you gave. Let me first properly introduce our guest today. Then I'll show the clip. And if you don't know the name, Constantine Kissin, you're going to know after you watch a couple of these clips, you're going to say, I saw that speech. And I shared it with my friends. It was absolutely amazing. He has written for a number of publications, including The Spectator, The Daily Telegraph, Standpoint on Issues Relating to Tech Censorship, Woke Culture, Comedy, and Culture War, Topics in the Past, but currently publishes articles on these subjects on his Substack. Okay? He has co-hosted Trigonometry since 2018, a YouTube channel and podcast featuring fellow comedian co-host Francis Foster, Rob, if you can pull up one of the clips here, uh, let's go to the one where he goes from exactly 214. This is you giving this message. Uh, this is where at, at Oxford Union. And he's, he's invited, and he's not necessarily speaking to people that agree with what he has to say. Just go ahead and play it. You'll see what I'm talking about. I want to talk to those of you who are woke and who are open to rational argument. A small minority, I accept. <laughs> <laughs> because one of the tenets of wokeness is, of course, that your feelings matter more than the truth. But I believe in you. I believe there are those of you here who are woke, who are open to rational arguments, so let me make one. We are told that your generation cares more than any other about one issue in particular, and that issue is climate change. We are told that many of you suffer from climate anxiety. You wish to save the planet. And for tonight, and tonight only, I will join you. I will join you in worshipping at the feet of St. Greta of climate change. <laughs> <laughs> Let us all accept right here, right now, that we are living through a climate emergency and our stocks of polar bears are running extremely low. I join you in this view. I truly do. Now, what are we to do about this huge problem facing humanity? What can we in Britain do? We can only do one thing. You know why? This country is responsible for 2% of global carbon emissions, which means that if Britain was to sink into the sea right now, it would make absolutely no difference to the issue of climate change. You know why? Because the future of the climate is going to be decided in Asia and in Latin America by poor people who couldn't give a shit about saving the planet. No, thank you. No, thank you. You're it's really going to be decided by poor people you in can Asia pause and Latin By the way, anyways, it's great to have you on the podcast, thank man. You. Yes, love the work it. you're doing. Love, uh, love the fact that you're going out there pushing the envelope through logic, through reason, and forcing them to come back and say, you don't make sense, but you do. So... Uh, good it. to have you on. For the audience that doesn't know your background, how did you go from, you know, where you are today, but how did you first get started? Maybe take a minute and share your background with the Okay, audience. so born late Soviet Union. Uh, most of my family uh, had to flee or escape for one reason or another, mainly for saying the wrong thing. So it kind of runs in the family mm -hmm. with me. 
Um, and uh, that informs a lot of my worldviews because many of the things that are happening now in, in Western societies in the UK and to some extent in America, I see as parallel to what we had in the Soviet Union. So, for example, just give you one brief example, political correctness. Do you guys know where it comes from? Political correctness had never had anything to do with being nice to people, not offending anybody, anything like that. Political correctness was invented in the Soviet Union for one reason and one reason only, to say to people, what you're saying is factually correct, but it's politically incorrect. And that meant it was inconvenient to the party line of the day. It was a way of enforcing an ideology on everybody else. Uh, my grandfather, late, uh, late Soviet Union, said the wrong thing about the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. Boom. Lost his job. His wife fired from her job. Again, is that so unfamiliar to the world that we increasingly live in now? So that was the thing. But look, you were right. I, I started as a stand-up comedian in the UK. I was just doing stand-up. Didn't really care about any of this stuff. And then in 2018, I was gigging at a comedy club. Some students saw me. Uh, they invited me to help raise money for charity at their college. Uh, and when they invited me, they sent me what they called a behavioral agreement contract, mm -hmm. uh, which said that they had a zero tolerance policy on racism, sexism, classism, ageism, ableism, homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, xenophobia, Islamophobia, anti-religion, anti-atheism. And it also said that all jokes must be respectful and kind. <laughs> Before you go perform. Before you go perform. This is 2018. 2018. Keep in mind, this is pre-COVID. Oh okay. The antithesis of what comedy is supposed to be. Yeah. Pushing the envelope. Right, right. And I, look, I'll be honest with you. I thought this is kind of a weird thing that's happening in comedy because comedy is a very kind of progressive industry. Generally, most people who go into stand-up are kind of more like on the creative side. They're not business people. And so they think in this kind of left liberal way, which is cool. You know, I've got no problem with that. But I thought it was just me that felt this stuff was a bit weird. I turned it down. I tweeted about it to like a thousand followers that I had at the time. And this story goes super viral around the world. So give you an example. Um, on the day that this story went uh, big, it was the second most read story on the BBC News website, the biggest news website in the UK. The number one story was the prime minister of our country had nearly been removed from office by her own party, right? Wow. So that's the equivalent of Joe Biden. Like, imagine this right now. Joe Biden nearly gets impeached by the Democrats, and the second biggest story in the country is no-name comic turns down unpaid charity gig from Two Big College, wow. right? It's crazy, right? And I got when that happened, I got thousands of messages from people all over different industries, different people, different places, America, the UK, Anglosphere, Australia, New Zealand, who were all telling me about stuff that's happening in their workplace. And that's when I realized, like, this culture that's going on right now, it's not just me that's crazy and thinks it's weird. This is a real thing out there in the world. And so my YouTube show, Trigonometry, my co-host and I, we've been speaking to people, you know, the Douglas Murrays, the Jordan Petersons, the, uh, a bunch of different people trying to understand what is going on. Why are people thinking like this? Why is this going on? And, and that's kind of my journey to, to where I am today. So what conclusion have you come up with with all these people you've been interviewing? Why do you, why do you think they're thinking the way they're thinking? It doesn't make a lot of uh, logical sense. Just yesterday... Mm. This uh, the guy from Star Wars. What's his name? George pull up Takai. His tweet. I mean, there's been a, there's Takai. been a there's been a Twitter war the last forty hours. Mr. Sulu, yeah, from so Star he, Trek. He, he tweets this yesterday, and I asked a innocent question, wanting to become smarter as a guy that's not a scientist, hoping he can help me out. But uh, I didn't hear back from him. So George, if you're watching this, please help me uh, get a little bit more clear on this. So he posts yesterday on Twitter, I am now following Peter Hotez and every <laughs> decent person who believes in science, not quackery, should too. 
And then I said, George, according to science, how many genders are out there? I haven't gotten a response back. Nothing right. yet. And so I'm, I'm wondering, how do we get here? Like, this stuff is logical. Right. It's common sense, but it sounds like the other side is creating a lot of momentum with things that make absolute no sense. Why is that? Well, I think if you look at the stats on what happens post-2014 when social media really takes off, yeah. this is a disease of social media, this idea that there's an infinite number of genders, because in the disembodied online world, you can say that, right? So the more we go into living online, the easier it is to believe things that aren't true because there's no hard test. Like if I pick up this bottle of water and let it go, we know what's going to happen because it happens in the real world. But how do you falsify that? How do you test that, right? So I think that part of this is it's a disease of social media. And then we've also got to a position, and John, Jonathan Haidt writes about this in The Coddling of the American Mind, where we've created a, a generation, successive generations of people who've not been brought up properly and victimhood is now currency right again this is an online phenomenon if i you know i'm a first generation immigrant in the uk okay a dark skin if i say well you know people have been racist to me which they have right therefore here's some things that are true people are much more likely to listen to that even though there's no reason to actually take it that my opinion any more seriously than anybody else's right so we've got ourselves into a position where people uh, are rewarded for being victims and their claims about reality are given more credibility because of that. So you get recognition for being a victim. Mm -hmm. Social media creates the eyeballs. Let me get a little bit of attention, and that's causing other people to do the same because it's getting attention. 100%. That's simple. 100%. What about, and, and the problem with social media, right, is it rewards ideas that sound good but aren't true, and it punishes ideas that are true but don't sound good. Give you an example. If you go online and you say, look, you live in a systemic patriarchy, blah, 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 and that's why you are where you are, well, that's really reassuring because nothing's my fault, right? What about you go online and you say, no one's coming to save you. Your life is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got I to gotta take responsibility for my life now? I got to go out there and do stuff? I got to go out there and overcome things? Well, I don't want to hear that message. It's much more comfortable to hear that nothing is in, you know, I don't control anything. I am where I am because society is this way. What's going on in the UK these days? Because I, th I feel like uh, the, the reason that you have become uh, so prominent is because of your perspective. Born and raised in Russia, Jewish, anti-Semitism. I just came back from Israel. Literally, I landed a mm -hmm. handful of hours ago. I was with a Russian girl, friend of mine, who's basically saying that she was told her entire life, do not tell people you're Jewish. Do not tell people you're Jewish. She came to Israel. Now she's like screaming from the rooftops, hey, I'm proud to be Jewish, yada, yada. You moved to the UK. You said you dealt with racism, anti-Semitism. Um, never, never dealt with anti-Semitism. Never? No, no. Okay. But look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm Jewish. I'm like a quarter Jewish. I'm not practicing. So it's, it's not a Ish. big deal. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. But, but being muzzled is my question. So yeah. You started the conversation off about propaganda basically started, or not, or uh, political correctness right. started in, in Russia. Propaganda. Yeah, propaganda yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> one one and the same, exactly. Yeah. But what are you seeing going on in the UK these days? Because essentially, my question is this it used to be people on the right. Like, I grew up in Miami, and um, it, was, it was usually like evangelical Christians basically saying, no, that's, 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 that's against the Bible. You can't do this. And I remember there was a, a Supreme Court lawsuit against, like, my favorite rap group of the time, Two Live Crew, mm. as nasty as they want to be. They won the lawsuit. And now it seems like it's coming from the left. And the, the extreme left is basically trying to um, marginalize voices and silence voices when it used to be 20, 30 years ago coming from the right. 
What are you seeing in the UK? Is it the same thing in the United States? Give us your perspective. You know what? It's, I'm so glad you made that point because this is the thing that I always say. is like I grew up watching Bill Hicks and George Carlin make jokes about religion and then not be allowed to perform or being censored and whatever, right? Correct. And I keep saying I long for the day when I can go back to being like someone in the center, center left, where I'm railing against religious conservatives. You're going, you can't say that. You can't joke about that, right? Like that's how it used to be. I'm really comfortable yeah. in that world. And it's flipped because there's, as you say, there's an ideology uh, on, on, on the left now that tells people that their feelings matter more than the truth, you know. And, and it's, I'm so grateful you played a clip of my speech because uh, right at the end, there's something people actually don't know about that speech. And it's been seen by like 300 million people or more around the world is if you look closely right at the end, there's a guy uh, who's very physically disabled. Uh, and he, he can only use one arm. And I'm talking right at the end of the speech about the fact that I'm not saying what I'm saying uh, for any other reason that I want young people to get stuck in, to, to, to lean into something. If you think climate change is a big problem, go fix it. Go study. Go learn. Go build an organization. Do whatever it is, right? And this guy... Uh, with, with one arm, he's clapping his own shoulder, oh, right? When I'm talking about don't be a victim. And he came up to me afterwards and, and we had a conversation and I'm not going to lie, it was kind of hard to understand. That's how physically difficult it is for him to communicate, right? But this is a guy that believes that that, that you should never be a victim to your circumstances, Psh, right? Wow. And that, <laughs> what an incredible thing to see I that. I love that. And right next to him is a bunch of young people fully abled from rich backgrounds oh at one of the best universities in the world, right, who think that they are oppressed. I mean, give me a break, guys. Yeah, and, and you know you know, it's amazing you say that. If you listen to the whole speech, uh, uh, I love how you you keep taking. I'm not gonna do this. No, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna say I told you so. <laughs> and there's no way I'm gonna do this. I mean, it was shots after shots. Zero. Did you have notes when he gave this talk? Did you have any? I had them there, but I didn't use them. Okay, so so I'm, I'm like, he is not looking at a teleprompter, and it was what nine or ten minutes. Yeah. Go go to the part. Go to the clip of, um, show the one with him and Bill Maher because this part about Bill Maher. I'm on Andrew Schultz podcast, and we're talking about America. Mm. And I said, you know, there's a lot of people that are confused. They keep talking about, you know, you, be careful with nationalists. Be careful with nationalists. You got to be careful with nationalists. These nationalists are terrible nationalists, right? Like, okay, what is the antonym of nationalism? It's globalism. Right. So would I rather be proud of the country I represent or globally? No, man, I'm going to represent the country I'm a part of. I'm a proud American. Mm. We're proud to be living in a country like this. And you go on Bill Maher and you say this to him, which is incredibly powerful. By the way, this is by Money Smart Guy. Matt Cipolla posted this. Can you play this clip real quick, Rob? People in other parts of the world are not teaching their young children to hate their own country. And if you... If you continue to do this, how is, how is the West going to do in the battle of civilizations? Because that's what we're in, right? I, the Chinese want to thrive, the Russians want to thrive, and they're teaching their children to be strong, to be confident, to go out there to learn science instead of, you know, equity and diversity. <laughs> and a bridge doesn't work very well if it's built on diversity instead of math. So, th that... I'm with you. How was how this? How is this not logical, a reasonable message? Um, how is this offensive to certain people? You know, it's amazing today when you look at 
uh, uh, I went and gave a talk at this school with, uh, it's, a, it's a Christian school. I'm giving this message, and the guy that talks before me was the dean. And he goes up there and he says, listen, you know, uh, we, we have to be careful with the way we talk about America because America has a history and it's not perfect and it's not this. But, you know, and, and at the same time, we are doing our best and there's a lot of things we have to figure out. And he's kind of almost like apologizing about America. Mm. So I get up there and I say, first of all, I want to thank you for giving me the stage here to talk to these 600 kids in the audience. Fantastic. I said, but let me start off with one thing here. Everybody needs to know. America is the greatest country in the world. The greatest country in the world. You see certain people get uncomfortable. And I kept saying it. Let me say it one more time. Never apologize about the greatness of America and how it positively impacted the entire world. You know what was wild? I had no idea what the reaction was going to be. Everybody stood up. These kids who are... 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old want to love their country. Right. They want to be proud of what they're representing. Right. Yet this is controversial today. Right. And this is why I'm saying what I'm saying. This is why I wrote my book. Because you got to understand, like people keep saying to me, you know, even when I turn down that contract, this is just some college kids. What are you, you know, this is no big deal. But college kids grow up. Right. And then they go into business and then they implement a bunch of stuff. And the problem with with this ideology is it's fundamentally anti-West, it's anti-merit and it's anti-truth. Right. And you put those three things together, you put that into law, you've got yourself a really big problem. So I think from my perspective, and, and this is how I think about it, Patrick, if you thought that your country was bad, okay, why would you defend it? Why would you teach its values to your children? Okay. Now play that movie forward over generations. If we keep teaching people to hate their country, if we keep, uh, you know, causing divisions between different races, between men and women, and all of that, what do you think is going to happen? You think the world is a vacuum in which, as we get weaker, nothing changes? That's not how the world works, right? Uh, and so I think it's really important that uh, the West remains strong because if, if you're on the left, and this is what I always say to people, if you're one of these progressive people, you care about equality for gay people, where is a better place to be gay than the West? Yeah. Where's a better place to be trans than the West? Yeah, go be gay in Iran, see what happens. Yeah. Where's a better place to be a woman? Saudi exactly. Arabia. Yeah. What, what are we comparing ourselves to, right? And the same thing with our history. And this is why the, the conversation about our history, Western history, is the number one conversation for me, right? Because if we cannot change the way we talk about our history, we will not change the way that we are going into the future. And if we teach children that our history is, like to your point, wrong and bad, Ooh, you get to a dark place very quickly with that. Yeah. Where's the pride? Let me ask you one more thing. This, this, like, this sort of this ideology, this apology tour that we're on in the West, United uh-huh. States, the UK, the Western world. Um, we're basically coming to terms with our sins of the past. Yes, slavery, racism, anti-Semitism. The list goes on and on. Homophobe. But yet, in the Far East, or in Russia, and China, and the mullahs in Iran. Um, they're, they're proud to be where they're from. But then let's go deeper. You don't think they've done stuff to be ashamed of? How many tens of millions of Chinese were killed under Mao? How many tens of millions of people were stuck in the gulags um, with, with communism, with Stalin and right. Lenin? Yet they're still able to be proud and not teach their kids to be ashamed of the past. Germany has... How many... Um, I mean, you go to Auschwitz and you go to Poland and they, they have remembrance of the Holocaust, basically owning the sins of the past, yet still being proud 
of their heritage and their future. Why can't we do both in the United States? Why can't we say, listen, there's some things we've done in the past, but we are still the greatest country. Every country has sins. Why does it have to be a binary option of we're either good or we're bad? Every country has a history like this. That's right. And I think that context is really, really important, actually, right? Because you got to contextualize. It's like my buddy Francis always says, what, you think the Ottomans were woke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Right. And, we, we, you know, uh, we talk about slavery and stuff. It's not like the British or the Americans invented slavery. Slavery was a universal institution throughout human history. Uh, and the British Empire actually ended slavery. It's the first first time that that really happened, right? Yep. Um, you know, my ancestors were basically slaves in the gulags in the middle of the 20th century. So we got to contextualize our history and, and say, and, and you're right though, we got to learn from it, right? We got to say, hold our hands up, we got this wrong because it's the same on an individual level. There's no one in this room who hasn't made terrible mistakes in their life, right? But imagine you just focus on that and you never actually tried to get better. You never actually tried to look into the future with hope and optimism just, and sort of like navel-gazed about how you messed something up a long time ago. It doesn't work. And also, this other point I make in the book, you cannot be held responsible for the sins of your ancestors. You can only be responsible for things you yourself have done. Right. Right. So we got to make sure that in the modern society, we don't make the mistakes that they made. But we can't, I can't be held responsible for something my grandfather did, right? Um, and, and so we just we, we need to have a healthier view of our societies while learning the lessons of the past, for sure. And how much of is it is this victim culture monetizable? Oh, meaning there's money in being a victim, whether it's reparations, whether it's um, uh, UBI, whether it's stimulus checks, just like the more of a victim mentality you had. Ah, there's more money. Uh, Dylan Mulvaney, I'm a trans guy. Let me go get a $10 million contract from Bud Light. All right, San Francisco, certain places in California, handing out $5 million checks for California wasn't even a, a slave state. Like, so it's like it's monetizable victimhood where I don't know how it works in other countries like that. Mm -hmm. How much of it is just there's a money play here? Well, the big one isn't to me like, you know, Dylan Mulvaney is an idiot and whatever. Let, let him uh, crack on with whatever he wants to do. But what about the corporate world where you've got these people coming in doing D-I-E, I call yeah. it die training, right, mm -hmm. for people. 20 grand for an hour seminar telling white people that they're guilty. Like, the, the, what's the value in that? What are we doing? How are we improving the world? And by the way, the, all the evidence is out, and you can look this up. All the studies show diversity, inclusion, and equity training makes people more racist. <laughs> that's crazy. That's I mean, true. Expound upon that, please, because well, that's a, that's a well, major point. If right someone there. comes in and just yeah. goes, oh, this is your skin color, you must be bad, how does that make you feel? Right. It kind of works like that. And look it up if you want. I mean, that, that's a fact. Right. The studies are showing that this ideology being pushed onto people just makes them more resentful. It's not actually healing the divides in society. And that's what I'm about. I, I'm like, look, people, especially in America, man, like this is a country that people from all over the world come to and they buy into one idea. One idea, this is the American dream. We can all have some things that we share and then we're free to live our lives as much as possible the way we want. Right. Why? antagonize people against each other. I just don't, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I don't, I don't think that that's anything new though, right? Divide and mm. conquer, art of war. Yeah. The, but, but the point is, what is the outcome? I mean, is the outcome to destroy the West? Well, that's been a vision for a lot of people for a long time. It's not mm -hmm. like it's anything new. You know, if, if you look at it just purely from a competitive standpoint, you want to beat the other guy, right? right. In the NBA, mm. 
you know, uh, they would they would do things and they would say, hey, you know, that guy doesn't like you and he did this with this and he did this with your girl to create a lot of trauma, you know, before a game that's coming up and then boom, they don't know how to play with each other. Game is over, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this happens in sports. This happens in politics. There's somebody in the Trump campaign that's leaking information. Mm-hmm. There's somebody in this campaign that's leaking. You keep saying this. Now, nobody trusts nobody because you're wondering. This is a very effective strategy that's been around for a very, very long time, Confucius, divide and conquer. But for what? Is it purely for America to fall? And what is at the cost of that? The other day I'm at uh, uh, Bermuda, three days ago, I'm getting a massage, and this lady, I said, so where are you from? She says, uh, I'm from Hungary. I said, are you from Hungary? Yeah. I said, oh, okay. Well, what do you think about this guy, George Soros? He's, he's from your country, huh. no? And she stops. She gets angry. What? The sweetest lady. He is evil. Do you know how bad of a man he is? He is evil. Tell me you don't like him. So I'm like, well, I don't know much about him. Now I'm just kind of playing along. I'm trying to find out. Why is he evil? What did he do to you? Do you know what he did when he was 14 years old? He was helping the Nazis, and he said it was okay. Now she's feeding me all this stuff, right? But what is the outcome? Is the outcome just to destroy America? And if yes, who wins? Because some of the people that are destroying America are not from the outside. They're destroying from the inside, and they're living here. Bingo. And this is what I was going to say. I don't know if you guys are familiar familiar with Yuri Bezmenov. This is a KGB. Of course, yes, absolutely. So this is the point that he made. You cannot destabilize a society that doesn't want to destabilize itself, right? And this is my point. Let other people try to indoctrinate Americans into this way of thinking. But if we have a strong immune system, it's like a virus. You're going to be fine. Right. So that's why you got to teach people. Yes, these are the things that happened in our history. Let that's how we and now we got over it. Now we don't have slavery. Now we don't. We, 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 we are the least racist places in the West in the history of the world. We're working to get better all the time. That's why we should be proud of ourselves. Right. If we can do that. It doesn't matter what anyone else is trying to do. I mean, you said it yourself. America and the West together, the greatest civilization in the history of the world. Right. And if, if, if we want to maintain that, we've got to be comfortable with being the most powerful and the greatest civilization in the history of the world. Yeah, but, but do you think it's a concerted effort, Constantine, from other countries like China with social media and everything? Because like, as, an, as an American, I feel it. We're slowly going. Like It doesn't help when the, the government, when you watch the White House and you have the White House saying stuff about trans and someone reported the other day asked a question like, hey, so parents that have ch- like girls in school and they're competing against these men are concerned that you know if it's wrestling and gets hurt automatically uh korean jean pierre she's like that you're that's transphobic you're gonna injure people like do you feel like if the government at the highest level is pro all this movement are we screwed or like what i'm trying to figure out are we screwed and if it's coming from a different from different countries that's trying to like embed their ideas into our i hear you man i hear you and uh it's so funny when i go back and visit with family back home and I tell them about like the biggest conversation in the West now is what is a woman? Oh, God. They all just look at me like I'm insane. <laughs> you mean in Russia? You're well, for all Russia, Ukraine, Armenia, gotcha. I go to different places uh, where my family are yeah. and they all look at me like I'm making it up. They can't, they can't believe it. Um, look, in the UK on the trans issue, we've actually made quite a lot of progress. So uh, literally in the last few weeks, they've basically the National Health Service has done, said that they're not going to do any uh, gender surgery. They're not going to give hormones to kids, etc. So it's possible to, to, to push back against it, I think. Uh, and we certainly have done in the UK. 
Uh, and you know, I, I always believe in the power of reason. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I know. I mean, that is that is scary to me that that's the way the conversation is oh, being had yes. here. Uh, and I I struggle to understand <clears throat> how serious people can do that. I've said from day one, the trans thing is what will break wokeness completely. I, yeah. Because once you start messing with people's kids, yeah. And once you go to that level of like, like you know, you. The idea that you can change your sex by incantation, yeah. by saying, you know, abracadabra, <laughs> Stacy, yeah. uh -huh. right? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious, yeah. Right, like that, that, that doesn't sell with the ordinary person. Exactly, right? And when does it stop? Like, what, what's the next thing? Because now it's on the gender situation where if I say I'm a, and if you don't, you're, you could get canceled. You could get, you know, taken off of YouTube and you get strikes. And it's like, it's insane how it's just, that's the, like, where's the goalposts going? Well, here, let's yeah. go into the story. Let yeah. me, let me, let, let's just go into a few of the stories. I want to get into that right now. Corinne Jean-Pierre uh, uh, said, dangerous to say transgender kids can hurt girls in sports. <laughs> you know when logic, and this is the press secretary, because if she says it, it's you know it's right. 100%. So all right, here's a couple things that's going on in different states. Another state just banned transgender athletes from women's college sports. This is a town hall story. It's on page 15 if you want to go to it. Mm -hmm. So uh, 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 Texas Governor Abbott signed the, the, the Save Women's Sports Act, which prohibits transgender women from participating in women's college sports. Governor Abbott stated women's sports are being threatened. Some women are being forced to compete against biological men. Alabama Governor Kay Ivy also signed legislation banning male-bodied athletes from competing in women's sports. Emphasize fairness. If you're a biological male, you're not going to be competing in women's and girls' sports in Alabama. Republican State uh, uh, Representative Susan DeBose, the sponsor of the bill, highlighted the inherent advantage of being born male. No amount of hormone therapy can undo all those advantages. Instances like transgender swimmer Leah Thomas winning against female athletes have sparked concerns about fairness and equal opportunities. Tom, you got two girls. When you read this story and you're seeing what, you know, Governor Abbott did, we lived in Texas for five, six years. What are your thoughts when you see this story here? Well, first of all, Constantine, thank you for your comments because I agree with you. I believe trans is about to break a lot of... Uh, uh, the, the will of a lot of the resistance here is is not going away. And what I've been watching with with my girls is a simple truth. You can when you just said Abercadabra Stacy, there is no time, there is no test, and there is no validation required. All I have to do on a Monday and said, I'm no longer Thomas, I'm Thomasina. I will now be playing with the girls mm -hmm. golf. And I declare it. That's a so in sports, when you allow that emotional declaration of who I feel I am, going back to what you're talking about, mm -hmm. liberalism is based mm -hmm. on feelings. Mm -hmm. I feel I'm a female. Now I'm allowed to go compete. And we've seen the um, outcome of that. A six foot three man still with male genitalia, as was seen by all the women that were in the locker room at the Ivy League championships. They said, wait a minute, they said he was a girl. That there, that's male genitalia hanging off this guy. And number one. And number two, he's six three and he had size thirteen feet. Those are much bigger flippers than the average the average woman is gonna have. Picture shocking time. Look at yeah, I mean, exactly. That, if that uh, picture says a thousand words, I mean that is insane. You like, you like your cowboy hat? Is that what the you're saying? Hat. Is, is yeah, that what yeah. you're focusing well, on? I'm, I'm more focusing on the way, bottom. By the way, take a look package. at the cowboy hat and her expression. Be glad she's not armed, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Because yeah. <laughs> that's an angry cowgirl there. Yeah. So the first thing is you have to take out of this, there's no time, there's no validation, there's no test. It's an emotional thing. And so you need to protect them. This is swimming showed the performance. Now the 
risk was showed up in October of 2022 in Cherokee County in um, North Carolina, where the volleyball spike knocked the girl unconscious, and she was having concussion systems, symptoms for three weeks. CAT scans proved it. And then what used to be a fairly liberal school board, they voted 5-1 and said, yeah, after we saw that volleyball spike, maybe you can't declare on Monday you're a female. Common sense prevails. Common now. sense prevail yeah. because they saw what happened there. Right. Well, and Can you I, play this clip? Go ahead and play the clip. See yeah. what happens. You got a concussion here, Tom? Watch, watch, watch the lower right. They should highlight Go ahead, the girl. Watch this. Here she comes. <laughs> that's that's a guy. That's a male jumping. Boom! She's out. She's done. That's it. And if- so the school board saw this and goes, "How long is the girl over there?" Nine weeks. Apparently, she declared she was female. Nine weeks, and she's playing. And that's what Leah Thomas said. I want to win a championship, so I declare it. I support and applaud a guy that I grew up as a as a wannabe middle distance runner, ran cross country. And there was guys like John Walker of New Zealand and Steve Ovet and Sebastian Coe of the UK mm. were some of my my heroes. Sebastian Coe today is president of World Athletics and said in March of this year, we need to protect women who are women in sports and we need to have a time test, a validation test, testosterone test, genitalia. If you're going to go do this, he said, really, we need a division for trans. He said, that's what we need. We need to protect the women here. And he was very rational about it. Common sense was prevailing. And I think what you're seeing is governors are getting hit by the mainstream media because they're coming out in favor of common sense. It says, look, you can't declare on Monday that you're a girl and then go win a championship on Wednesday and get your medal. Right. That's 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 wrong. And we need to protect the safety of women. And common sense is prevailing. And I think it's great because my daughters look at it and say, so, okay, so. What if once upon a time John Daly was a high school golfer and decided he wanted to be a girl? He would have won all the state championships. I said, Bailey, that's right. And she said, how is that fair? Right. And let's let's just be honest with each other at the end of the day because nobody has the ball. Sorry for my French to say it. It's the it's the tease. It's well, the no, trend. no, some of these guys that are competing in <laughs> women that they have balls. <laughs> yeah. the, they do have the balls to do it. That's the problem. They have balls. Yeah, if you're wondering. And, yeah, <laughs> there it is. That's hilarious. At the end of the day, let's just come out and be honest. It's the trans movement hijacked the L- LGB, the lesbian, gay, and bi movement, and they completely wiped out the feminist movement. Because think about it. Great the, point. It's 100%. Because I know, Pat, I know gay people that work here. I know gay people. I have gay friends. I have gay. They are not happy with this entire movement. They hijacked them. Well, I'll see you and I'll raise you. I've probably interviewed more trans people than, than most people. A lot of trans people are also being thrown under this bus because this is being done not on their behalf. This is being done by like activists. Mm-hmm. A lot of trans people are actually quite sensible. They're like, look, I'm not comfortable in my body. I want to live in a different way. I don't need you to pretend that I am literally the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Just just don't beat me up and leave me alone. Exactly. Right. And I kind of feel sorry for them. But I'll make another, I'll tell you a story that will blow your mind, which is kind of relevant to this. So my grandmother was born in a gulag. Wow. She was born in a concentration camp for political prisoners. And one of the things people don't know is once you're released from these camps, you would be you would not be allowed to live within like 100 miles of any big city. So you'd have to live in some kind of remote town. And they all ended up settling in these remote towns in the middle of Siberia. And the only people that lived there were the former prisoners of the camps, a few of the local native tribes, of which there were many, and the guards from the very same camps oh, that the prisoners wow. came to came from. And they would live 
in the same building. Uh, my grandmother's family, they lived in a landing across from another apartment. And in another apartment, there was a guy who was a guard. Okay. And what she told me is when Stalin died, right, and he was exposed as having committed all these terrible atrocities and so on, there was a spate of suicides in this town because these guards, they all killed themselves because they genuinely believed they were doing the right thing when they were beating these people and torturing these people. And that's when, you know, hearing those stories from my family, that's when I really learned from early days to get people to do something terrible but think they're good, you need ideology. And this is ideology. This isn't real. This isn't common sense. This isn't people thinking about it critically. This is ideology. And that's how you get to the point where you've got massive guys playing against little girls. <laughs> that's how you get there because it's ideology. People aren't actually examining the facts and, and trying to get to the right place. They're going to lose. Th that um, argument's going to lose. Remember, remember how... how confident these people when they were saying defund the police defund the police defund the police do you remember those yeah. guys oh yeah and now they're like we never said that <laughs> yeah yeah right. we and never then, said and that and then look house how got quickly <laughs> these same feminists are gonna say we never said that yeah. we never said that because the true feminist the biggest feminist this last week protecting women was greg abbott <laughs> and greg abbott is not a feminist no he's if not. if the definition is to defend women yeah. greg abbott sat there and said wait a minute we're not gonna let men beat up on women This is just not fair. 20 years ago, that would have been, of course, we're not going to let that happen. Today, that argument is losing ground because of this exactly. whole uh, uh, nonsense that they're spewing out. They went, they went, no, you nailed it, Pat. They, the, the trans, the, the, they hijacked the gay movement, but then they completely wiped out the feminists. Where, where are all those feminists? Well, I'll tell you, there are some. So in the UK, actually, the movement against this has been absolutely speared by feminists, oh, uh, spearheaded great, by feminists. And um, you have he people here like Megan Murphy uh, and a bunch of others. But to, back to your point about, you know, um, defund the police. This is how strong ideology is. I'll give you an example that will make you guys laugh. You know we don't have guns in the UK, right? Yeah. Now, in you the guys have knives. A lot of knives. Yeah. A lot. Uh, but we don't have guns and this is my point right uh in the summer of 2020 blm happens we've got in central london protesters in front of police officers going hands up don't shoot <laughs> in front of cops who don't have guns <laughs> that's hilarious right that's the power that's of ideology, ideology. Oh, right wow, stupidity point. is a great point no, i'm learning a lot about you guys today tom i'm learning your hero uh, uh the runner from uk the more i spend time with you the more I learn. I'm, i'm learning about you Your favorite poet, uh, you ain't nothing but a hoochie mama, hood yep. rat, hood rat, yep. hoochie mama. Luke I didn't know that. Shout I didn't know that's, that's where you Uncle were at. Luke. But breaking news, if you, Rob just texted me. You want to pull up the breaking news? Uh-uh. Breaking news, Hunter Biden to plead guilty to three federal charges. This just came out 9.31, 15 minutes ago. Hunter Biden, son of Joe Biden, will plead guilty on three federal charges. The Justice Department said Tuesday in a court filing. The plea will have immediately reverberations in 2024 presidential election. Hunter Biden will plead guilty to two federal tax misdemeanors and one charge tied to gun possession. According to the filing in a federal court in Delaware, he will appear in court to plead guilty to these charges at a future date, most likely a week after election 2024, yeah. which that last yeah. part I added this to This is it. nothing. Yeah. This is nothing. That's nothing. No, this is nothing. What about, every, what about everything else, man? No, no, no. This is nothing. But look, I mean, this is... This is a it, plea deal, it's a, I'm assuming. It, it, it is bringing attention to it. It is bringing attention to it, which is a good thing, but it's nothing. It's, it's, yeah. 
But I mean the main, the meat, Pat, the meat of what, and if you don't mind, Pat, can I, I want to just with the whole, since we touched on it really, really fast, let's, we know for a fact, we don't think, we know that the FBI withheld a document from Congress that showed that Obama, during the Obama administration, Biden took the $10 million uh, bribe through his son, Hunter Biden, the crackhead, uh, forcing them to fire the Ukrainian prosecutor that was investigating, right? Trump, that led to Trump, because Trump was asking them to, to investigate, led to his first impeachment. On his laptop, on Hunter's laptop, it shows the FBI not only knew, but they went on mainstream and they called it what? Russian disinformation. All the mainstream media said it, right? So then the FBI infiltrates all social media, Twitter, we just found out with the Twitter, Twitter files, censored anybody talking about it during the campaign, which is collusion. And then all the while they're investigating Trump for the classified document situation that Hillary and Biden did, and the whole time launching uh, Russiagate. So none, he's not going to get in trouble for nothing on the laptop. No, nothing with the underage girls, nothing with Burisma, nothing with everything. This is, this is a nothing burger. What, is he going to go to jail for this? I, I, he, all I'm saying is when I said 2023 is going to be the year of investigations, it's the year of investigations, mm -hmm. and it's not done. Mm -hmm. The more you investigate that side, the retaliations, we're going to investigate your side. This is going to go back and forth. There's going to be the, – the, we're not even halfway there to, to the year – and there's still plenty more investigations coming from both sides of the aisle. But investigations, Pat, any indictment, like any actual, like, going to jail? Is anybody going to be, like, no, investigating no, 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 no. aside? Zero. Nobody's, who's going, nobody's to going to jail? jail. Nobody's going to jail. Who, Pat's, the Pat's son? Right. Uh, the okay. son? Hunt, no. Okay, Hunter. Is Hunter going to go to jail? No. Is Biden going to get impeached? Because, no. Pat, no. they have audio no. of him no. saying no. zero. So what's no. the point? No. So investigate what? Like, Trump's not going to jail. Biden's not going to jail. Hunter so Biden. So then what's like, the Pat's right. It's your investigations, and it's going to sound like a bad poker game all year long. I'll see your congressional hearing, and I'll raise you a subpoena. It's just going to go back and forth for the sake of the news media. Let me know when it's a year of the indictment, like people in prison. I want to know that year, the year for accountability from Fauci to Biden Maybe to anybody. Maybe 25, 26. Maybe 25, 26. What do you think percentage-wise of anybody? 10%, okay. but it's maybe 25, 26. Not, it's not a very high light. Let me tell you what happened here. Are you following the whole thing with Peter Hotez, with Joe Rogan? Oh, Are baby. you following? Okay, fantastic. Let me kind of walk through with the audience, and I'm going to come to you, and you, you, you give your thoughts. So, if yes, per, per, perfect. So that's the first three. So there's a Twitter war going on over the weekend between Rogan, Hotez, RFK, Mark Cuban jumped in, and I had a couple things to say as well. So Peter Hotez goes out and says, Spotify has stopped even sort of trying to stem Joe Rogan's vaccine misinformation. It's really true that uh, Anne Marilyn just awful, and from all the online attacks I'm receiving after this absurd podcast, it's clear many actually believe this nonsense. So this is a Vice article that says Spotify has stopped even sort of trying to stem Joe Rogan's vaccine misinformation. By the way, just so everybody knows, they just took down RFK's interview with Joe, uh, Jordan Peterson on YouTube calling it vaccine misinformation. <laughs> this just happened, right? But not Spotify. How long ago was that this interview? This just happened today or yes. No, yes. this is probably a two-week interview. Gotcha. Recent, it's a recent interview. Gotcha. It, it could be more or less than two weeks. Go to the next one. So then Rogan responds back, Peter, if you claim the RFK is saying what RFK is saying is misinformation, I'm offering a $100,000 to the charity of your choice if you're willing to debate him on my show with no limit. By the way, at this point, that 100000 I matched 100000 Ackman matched uh, 150 I think Tate put a half, a bunch of people put 100 It's up to $2.6 million oh, now, $3 million now. No ward, not, nothing's happening. Period. 
So after that, if we want to go to the next Elon Musk response, maybe Peter Hotez just hates charity. <laughs> and then Mark Cuban jumps in. But wait, let me see. What's he, okay, I'm going to ask you very clearly, are you willing to debate? Because he responds back and says, Joe, if you're serious about addressing vaccines and the fact that 200,000 unvaccinated Americans needlessly perished during the awful Delta you know, uh, COVID-1 waves, including 40,000 in our state of Texas, because of all victims fell to vaccine disinformation, I want to have that discussion with you. Again, Joe wants to clarify. Uh, I'm going to ask you very clearly, are you willing to debate RFK on my podcast? Go to the next one. So then, uh, uh, by the way, uh, RFK, uh, what's it called? Peter responds back, you have my information, you have this. He keeps going back to it. The answer is no. Here's what Mark Cuban says. Way to generalize, go a little bit closer so I can see it. Way to talk in generalities, Joe. Not saying that there aren't a lot of effed up things about pharma. That's why we created costplusdrugs.com. But to ignore that same industry has saved who knows how many lives. It's bullshit, and you know it. Plugged for himself. It's also disrespectful to all the doctors, researchers, and medical professionals that dedicate their lives to saving lives. Like Dr. Hoetz, the 800,000-plus doctors in the country that believe vaccines save lives. You aren't trying to find a ground truth on vaccines. If you were, you would bring other people. Uh, trying to bully, keyword bully, Dr. Hoetz is ridiculous. You have producers that will prepare you. Same as RFK. You both do this on a daily basis. Dr. Hoetz works every day to find ways to help people. Joe, you and Musk and Twitter are mainstream media, online media, and your platforms have become Everything supposedly wrong with mainstream. You are driven by self-interest. This is after he plugged in his company. Yeah, in the first line. Just like the MSM has always been accused of. And you both have earned the right. You busted your asses to be great and do what you do, earn all you accomplish, but don't lie to yourselves and all of us and tell us you are different. You aren't, okay? So that's, and then I respond back. By the way, all of these tweets get uh, 50,000 likes, 100,000 likes. Mm -hmm. Joe's gets 200,000 likes, millions on top of millions of views. So this is my response to Cuban. Joe, Joe trying to bully Dr. Hotez. Interesting. Let me address five issues with your tweet. Bullying, number one. Millions of Americans walk of all walks of life were bullied into taking a vaccine. Some forced, some coerced, some lost their jobs. Families were divided. Late night hosts doing skits in syringes. Mayor of New York City giving fries. <laughs> NIH director flip-flopping on masks. MSM calling those who question the vaccine conspiracy theorists. And you call Rogan a bully. Okay, number two, capitalism. What makes capitalism work? Freedom to buy, sell, try, fail. Keyword is freedom. You told me 10 years ago, Tom, you weren't doing one. We were in Nashville when I asked him what's his favorite book. Yep. He said, At the Shrug. I even gifted you a first print, first edition of the book. I think November of 2015 when I interviewed him at the American Airlines Arena. In his office. Yeah, in his office. A story of dystopian American, which private business suffers under increasingly burdensome laws and regulation. Of all the people who know what happened the last three years, it's you. We all know who got destroyed in that book, the small business owner, the man and woman who risked it all, okay? They were mocked, bullied, silenced. How are how were laws and regulations during COVID? How many small businesses owners lost everything? You know the stats. You know the numbers. You know you're against this. I sometimes wonder what you fear. What is preventing you from using your logic and experience and common sense and that you have a ton of to share your POV with your followers? Number three, debate. What's wrong with debate? I kind of suggested for him to run for 2024. And if you can go a little lower, you know, about protecting these guys, let's not disrespect these people that are doing this. One of the benefits in America is the healthcare system. My dad, 37 years, got a massive heart attack. He wasn't supposed to live past 65. We just celebrated his 81st birthday. But just like cops, 99% of them do the right thing. The 1% who don't, should we not hold them accountable? All Joe is asking for is a debate. If Dr. Hoetz is right, then what's he have to lose? Is he too good for it? 
You sure don't free debating anyone. Why protect him? Debating is the American way. It helps us get closer to the truth. And then Musk and Rogan comparing them. I talk about what happened before October Maybe when sure. we didn't even have twi- Twitter. Yeah, you know, yeah. We could only debate in private settings. Our RFK interview was taken out two years ago. Content creators were walking on eggshells. Musk isn't silencing anyone who's arguing for vaccines. He's actually creating a climate to have the debate. Just last week, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw this clip or not, on MSNBC with Jake Tapper and Rachel Maddow. One is CNN, one is NBC. They're like, we won't air the Trump speech because we already know in advance that he's going to tell lies. As if Joe Biden only tells the truth. That sounds like a dictatorship where the elite knows what's best for you and I, as if we can't think for ourselves. A bit arrogant and pompous, don't you think? Thank God for Twitter, Spotify, and Rumble. And other and last but not least, I gave him a credit for plugging his company as a market. I respect your strategy <laughs> of getting into this threat to promote cost drugs, cost plus drugs. A lesson to all small business owners: keep pushing the envelope. We need more voices. By the way, all of this is going on. All of this is going on simultaneously. Guess what? He's not doing the debate. Oh, and he made a video saying, well, people came to my front door, and I'm being harassed, and I have to kick people out. And I'm doing, he made a video, all them, everybody's going after him, protecting him, all this stuff. But at the same time, they're fearing the debate. What are your, what are your thoughts about this Twitter war? Uh, Rob, are you able to pull up uh, my tweet? Uh, it's much shorter, I promise you. <laughs> um, it's uh, like the hot take mixer, I called it. But look, uh, I, I don't think it's good that people are turning up to his door, whatever, whatever's going on. That, we don't want that in society, right? Just someone had a disagreement online, suddenly people are showing up in, at your door. I think that's bad. But in terms of the the, the, the discussion, I, I made this point in this thread that I, if, I don't know if you can scroll down a little bit. Um, it's like the hot mixer uh, that I did uh, maybe yesterday. It's just like, keep going. Nice cannon. <laughs> this is me <laughs> with my son. That's awesome. Um, there we go. Part one, part two. You Can tweet you tweet a lot, Kat. I do. I do. That's a great p- picture. Were you in front of 10 Downing Street with that? <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, this is my take on it, right? And see, see what you guys think. Many of his, in my opinion, many of, much of what RFK is saying about the medical stuff isn't accurate. Okay, the why not accurate. is not accurate. The Wi-Fi blood barrier thing, vaccines cause autism. The the maybe the vaccine injury is a real thing. My I come from a family of scientists, so my dad, and my mom, they're both biochemical engineers. My dad used to make vaccines in the Soviet Union, didn't take the COVID one, but in general, you know, he can explain it to me what's going on there. Like it's not my opinion, and I'm not a scientist, but my random person's view is I don't think many of the things that RFK is saying are accurate. Okay, but uh, the part that wasn't mentioned in your brilliant Twitter uh, post is that uh, Peter Hotez, I think he said that Rogan was part of some kind of neo-fascist thing with like other people, which I think was what Joe was. And then he took that tweet down Mm -hmm. and Joe said, I saw that tweet you took down and I responded to it. That's right. So talking to, if you just go back to, to my thing, talking, talking to RFK, even though I don't agree with everything he's saying, doesn't make you a bad person. And the best way to challenge misinformation is actually good information. If you just scroll down to part two, there's also stuff about COVID, right? Like the vaccines were pushed on people who didn't need them with COVID, 100%. Most masks don't work, and we weren't allowed to say this, right? Mm -hmm. And that is how the science wrecked credibility in itself, okay? That's how we got here. So how do you fix it? Well, you got to restore faith in the science by acknowledging that mistakes were made, communicating honestly. And to me, if you're a scientist and the biggest show in the world says come and talk and look if you think rfk is an idiot and you're a scientist i mean that is a slam dunk yeah. right come in explain to people why he's wrong challenge some of the things he's saying i mean rfk in, in the interview himself says well this is beyond my level of expertise 
you're a scientist, you can make him look pretty silly very easily if you know what you're talking about, right? And it just it's frustrating that we've lost the idea that we can have conversations if we don't agree and we can have debates. And your point as a scientist is to educate the public by coming in and saying this is what's actually going on uh, and engaging with people's ideas instead of just dismissing them. So if it's not Dr. Hotez, I've never heard of him before, prior to this. Mm-hmm. Texas uh, Children's uh, Chair. He's a chair. He's a very, very he's credible, credible guy. guy. Extremely yeah. credible cool. guy. All, all good. Uh, and if it's not Fauci, and if it's extremely not Hotez, credible guy for the people on the left who use his mouthpiece to say if he said it, it's 100 yeah. percent right. So, who's next in line? Because why is the, a debate a bad word? Why is it a bad thing? We have presidential debates. We have a high school debate well, club. We also don't have presidential debates anymore. No, RFK is not going to be debating Joe Biden. Not well, well not. hold on. We do have presidential debates. I mean, whether they get we a were little- supposed to have three last time, we only ended up having two. People are avoiding presidential debates. So this whole thing about debates, you're right. Yeah. What you're trying to say is a good thing. I'm just saying. like It is the American way. We've, we've right. constantly had debates. Right. Why is it being shut down now? This particular subject, that's my point, okay. is that they're, 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 they're eliminating these essential debates that need to occur. Because your, your post is absolutely right. You don't agree with RFK. You're basically here saying, hey, listen, I don't agree with what RFK's got going on. But I'd like to hear what he has to say, because the whole premise of a debate is to expose the other side's leaks in their argument. Right. And if you're basically saying RFK has leaks in his argument, a lot of people believe that. A lot of people believe that he's saying very accurate things. Mm. The only way to get to the truth is a debate. Right. The Bible, the definition of debate is settling a difficulty with a neighbor or an adversary. And that's the only way you're going to get to this. So if it's not Fauci and it's not Dr. Hotep. Who's next in line? Because for every RFK out there, there's a Robert Malone, there's a Dr. Peter McCulloch that we've had here. These people are willing to engage, they're willing to debate, and they could be wrong, but they're willing to at least come to the table. Who's willing to come to the table on the other side? Well, here's the part. So this this is what you're asking a good question, but you also know the answer to the question, okay? I mean, it's not like you don't know the answer to the question. We all know the answer to the question. So here's a guy named Mehdi Hassan. You know who Mehdi Hassan is? We know Mehdi Hassan, okay. MSM. So he says, uh, noted conspiracy theorist who has zero background in medicine and public health and said COVID would be gone by April 2020, thinks he knows more about vaccines than the world-renowned award-winning scientist who helped create patent-free COVID vaccines for the poor. Mehdi Hassan is defending for RFK, uh, defending Peter Hotez, to not debate RFK. Does that make sense? Now, here's the crazy part. Do you know Mehdi Hassan just wrote a book? Mehdi Hassan just wrote a book, okay, that came out, I want to say, it's very recently that this book came out. This book just came out, to give the date, February 28 of 2023, the title of the book is Whenever you are, The Art of Debating, Persuading, and Public Speaking. The guy writes a book on debating. No wonder it didn't sell any copies. You write this book, then you're scared shitless of Peter Hotez debating. By the way, so let's just say, Mehdi, if you're watching this, since you're such a great debater, which you claim you are, you wrote the book. We don't claim we are that. You're claiming you're this. No problem. Mehdi, question for you. You don't think RFK is qualified to debate him? Hey, Peter McCullough is. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert, Robert Malone, Malone is. We got a few other people that for you to have the qualification of doctors, we can get a lineup of people that would be willing to debate Peter Hotez. So that kind of hurts your argument, doesn't it? And it kind of hurts your argument to say RFK is not a doctor. And you know what is pretty wild? Guys like him, you know probably who his hero was? 
You know probably who his hero was? Who was your favorite American president of all time? JFK. John F. Kennedy. Of course, of course. You know what John F. Kennedy did? He was an anti-establishment president. Yep. What do you think RFK is doing? He's an anti-establishment pro, uh, figurehead. Yeah. So the people you admired, you now you don't like so, that family lineage because yeah. they're pushing back on people like you. And you just wrote a book on debate, dog. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like horrible on what you're doing, man. Exactly. It's hypocrisy. <laughs> but to but the, Adam, to you named it, though. It's like, why wouldn't they, right? Constantine, why wouldn't you? Because when, you, when you're there and the camera's on and it's you and it's fact versus fiction, you have to be real. You're going to get exposed. And your lies and your mistakes are going to mm -hmm. come out live. And you have to answer for yourself. Why would they want to do that, Adam? You want to be held accountable? You want to have your foot to the fire? They can't do it, bro, because all their bullshit is going to come out. And I think one of the reasons, just setting aside the debate side of this, the, the way that censorship of, of this kind of conversation has been happening, particularly during COVID, it's like I get the sense that they just don't trust the ordinary person to make their own mind up. And I think we've got away from this idea that your life is your responsibility. Like you're supposed to go out take in different information and then decide for yourself what you're right. supposed to do. And if you F that up, that's on you, right? Yeah. And that's that's the way that society is supposed to function. I don't want big daddy government telling me how to live my life on every aspect of it. I want the information. Mm -hmm. I want to make my own decision. And if I get that wrong, well, that's on me and I'll suffer the consequences of that. You hit the nail on the head. It, it comes down to individual decisions because what basically was plastered out there was a one-size-fits-all, basically, right. agenda. Everyone needs to do this. Yeah. Well, it turns out, I mean, there's a big difference between an 85-year-old woman and a 21-year-old dude. Right. And they and the same treatment should not be implemented for those types of people. But they, they, they lambasted everyone if they didn't follow the doctrine. And a lot of confused people, whether it doesn't need to be politically, you're just like, I don't know about any of this stuff. These are terms I've never heard before in my life. COVID-19, social distancing, mask up. You're like... A debate would be the only way for reasonable people to be like, you know what? All right, cool. That's a good argument right there. I didn't think of that. Yep. All right, good. That's not for me, but my mom should consider that. All right, cool. But that's the only way you get to the truth. And that's essentially the problem here. And, and why is it only in this realm? If there if there was like a rap battle and someone wanted to, yo, I'm Take a better rapper stage. than you, Jay-Z. Step on stage, Step on homie. Stage. Let's, go. let's see what you got. And yep. then. Let's see what happens here. Yeah. If it's an actual boxing match, you ever see these things on YouTube where some guy's talking shit online yeah. to a professional boxer? Like, I'll whoop your ass. Yeah. It's like, find me at the gym. Dude shows up at the, the gym. gym. Yeah. All right, put on some put on Spike. some pads. Yeah. All of a sudden, the guy talking shit gets the shit kicked out of him. Turns out, but if you don't actually show up to the debates, how do you know that your side has any validity whatsoever? Now, that's what I'm saying. Who's going to have the balls Nobody. to, to use don't. a little callback right there to show up and at least defend your defend your side? You make you make a great point about, you know, the elite left thinks they know better than the average guy. Right. And they do not trust the average people to make decisions. In a democracy, we have a word for average people, voter. So, it's, <laughs> you know, and I think there's an opportunity that we have to step back from all this and let the voters, you know, vote and suffer the consequences of what you voted for. I mean, how many times did you see in, a, in, a, in my own family? I had grandparents that voted for Jimmy Carter and then voted for Ronald Reagan saying, well, we as we the people got it wrong. We were so mad at Gerald Ford about Nixon. We voted for Carter. There's the economy we got. Whoops. At the first opportunity, they fired Jimmy Carter. That's the way it should work. When you have the liberalism that sits there that says, we are elite and we have 
predisposed knowledge, and we know better than you do. That's an elitist point. And that's why the chasm that doesn't allow a lot of debates to start is coming from the conservative side that says, listen, you seem to think I'm evil. I just think you're incorrect. I think there's value in your personhood. I just want to debate the point. Big point. Whereas the liberal comes the other way and says, no, you are an evil person that needs to be deprived and moved off. You know, you sit back and you pull back from that and you say, who's the Nazi now? Yeah. And look, from my perspective, I just think the truth matters. Like, let me ask you guys this. Where did, where did COVID come from? Wuhan lab in China that we funded. Right. 100%. Right. Period. If you said well, that so, if you said that a year and a racist. half ago, I was racist. Don't worry about racist. You would be shut down from yeah, YouTube. 100%. You would be taken down. Okay? Oh, you're just like right. Trump who called it the China virus. Yeah. You're a bad but, person. And, you have to be quiet. And we need to know so it doesn't happen again. Like if you thought the pandemic was bad, don't you want to find out how it started? Mm -hmm. Don't you want to fix the problem that caused it in the first place? And I don't want uh, some 20-year-old in California, which is who's making these calls, mm -hmm. right, deciding what we're allowed and not allowed yes. to discuss and debate and share, right? That, that to me is crazy. And look, I'm not left or right. I'm kind of an independent somewhere in the middle. I just care about the truth. Can we get to the truth? Can we mm -hmm. find out how this happened? Can we find out what the truth was about masks? Can we have an honest conversation? Maybe we didn't need to vaccinate five-year-olds, mm -hmm. right? Maybe we did. And in my opinion, you know, for old people, that would, if I was 80 years old, I would have taken the vaccine. 100%. Yeah. Day one, the moment it came out. But you want to put it on children just so you can feel a little bit better? You want to force people to wear a mask all day that we know doesn't work? Like, why are we doing that? It's insane. You're absolutely right, by the way. We're, we're on the same side politically right there. And, yeah. and like to, to what Vinny said, when he said 100%, 100% it yep. came from a lab, I don't know that. You don't know that. You believe that. We need to investigate. What, what, I, what, we, what we don't know is... Nothing's 100%. Right. I'm not 100% certain it came from a lab. I'm also definitely not 100% certain it came from a pangolin banging a bat yeah. in a wet market. Like, I don't know. And Ooh. that's the whole fucking point of a debate. But the, but but you know why why I keep going to that it is? Yeah. Because of the secrecy and the hype. Dude, it's how many years later? When, when did COVID hit, Pat? What, what December year? December 2019. 2019. 29 December 29. We are in yeah. June 2003 and we still don't know. Yeah, right. Are you who who's li like are you are you kidding well, me? Well this right goes now? to your accountability thing that yeah. we're talking about. When is China going to be held accountable here for that, this? That will do China, hold on. China gets accountable for nothing. They could they could fly spy balloons and our mm -hmm. government just goes no, no, they're not even, they're not taking pictures. Mind you, they're over a nuclear missile base that I was stationed at, Malmstrom Air Force Base, Montana. No, no, no. China is running the show, and we still, to this day, right now, I, how about this, Adam? I'm 99.999% no. that it came from there. The real question is, who leaked it, and why yeah. did they leak it? Let me add one That's, more thing. Let's be real with each it, other. You bring up China here. Thank God that in America, we have the ability to use that word debate. Yeah. You think they're having debates in communist China? You think they're having debates in Russia no. with Vladimir Putin? Do you think that his uh, approval ratings are somehow magically 100% for the 20 years running? So that's the whole premise of what we do here in America is be able to have these debates. Mm. And for these in these individual realms where no, no debates here, can't have debates there, can't have debates with reasonable with unreasonable people. It's like that's the essence of the problem because the whole foundation of what we do here in America is the ability to debate. Yeah. Yep. And, and the job of scientists is to come out and educate the public, right? To give them the information they need to make their own decisions. That's what a scientist is there to do. I would love to see a scientist run circles around RFK. 
Meaning, yeah, yeah, like, meaning I would love to see that yeah, right. and be like, holy shit, Dr. Fill-in-the-blank name just schooled the guy that's basically putting out all this conspiracy theory around, uh, about uh, yeah, prove them vaccines. Wrong. Okay, great. Wrong. Now the whole world saw the RFK lose. All right, great. Shining light yeah. onto the darkness over here. Yep. But if nobody's able to do that, how are we all going to learn? And we should give to some love to Joe as well, because the one thing that I think he's really established is he's a dispassionate, uh, reasonable, you know, he's a genuine guy. So yeah. if, if they were to come together and actually have the conversation, he wouldn't be like dunking on whoever was on the other side. He would actually host that properly. Yes. Uh, and, and so people don't need to be afraid of going in there and having the conversation as well. You made a point in the middle of all this about uh, four minutes ago, and you said, I don't want some 20-year-old in California right. uh, making a decision for me. You know, what you're talking about is the hundreds of censors under the guise of, con under the title of content moderation specialists that were sitting inside Facebook, sitting inside Google, at, over at YouTube, and all this, that were making decisions on this. And so we're all talking about the enablement to debate. What you, you brought up is very important, is we had a whole tech sector that was prohibiting any presentation of any facts that could become debate if they felt they came from the wrong side. So not only do we have the issue of debate, we have the issue of the tech side deciding, pre-deciding the debate and snuffing facts and opinions to come on the other side that now they're sitting back with the classic, uh, what's it, the, the classic tweet, blah, 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 oh, wait, yeah. dot, dot, dot. Do you guys know Jay Bhattacharya? Are you familiar with him? Yeah, of course. Right, right, absolutely. right. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So, so this is some, some things that happened during COVID, like, didn't make sense to me. So in the UK, we had this uh, situation where, uh, so Jay was uh, one of the great Barrington guys, and he was basically a really well-credentialed, really sensible doctor who was saying we're going the wrong way in terms of our response to COVID. And so this is a guy who is a scientist being censored online <laughs> by people who aren't scientists, right? And we're being told that this is all about the science when someone like him is not being taken seriously by people in California who are just making these decisions on a whim. And in the UK, we had an even worse situation where they were trying to get doctors. They were trying to say to doctors and nurses, if you don't take the jab, you're, you're going to lose your job. Right. And there's this amazing scene where the government minister, who is not a doctor, is telling a doctor to take the jab. And you're going, does that make any sense to you? A non-medical professional trying to force a medical professional to take a vaccine that that guy doesn't want to take? Right. How how are we in the irony? And, and then we keep talking about the science. Right. Where's the science on that? Where's the science? There is none. No, we, we need these debates to be taking place. Right. And by the way, if there's no debate taking place. Uh, it's only one sign. It's a sign of fear that something could be exposed. But people have to keep pushing. Listen, we have Whitney Webb here. Whitney Webb is doing all the research on what she was doing with Jelaine Maxwell, with you know Epstein and Robert Maxwell, all these guys, right? Phenomenal job of what she's doing. We need people who are from the inside where they knew this stuff wasn't going to work or the side effects and all of these things. We need those whistleblowers to come out and say, look, I'm a person that was pro-vaccine. Here's what I did. At this point of the game, I am not comfortable taking this. I can't live with myself anymore. I just want to share money. This is going to be a career ending. No one's ever going to hire me again. No pharmaceutical company's ever going to hire me again. Here's exactly what took place, dot, dot, dot. We need some people like that. That's, and by the way, I, I'm firm, I firmly believe that is going to happen. I firmly believe that's going to happen. Except I don't know when the movie's going to be shot. I don't know if the movie's going to be in the next two years, three years, five mm -hmm. years, ten years. 
There is going to be a movie made, many movies made about this period mm-hmm. of 2020 to 2022. Many, many movies. But by the time they make it, Fauci is going to be dead. Mm-hmm. That's when these movies are going to be made. Yeah. And then we're going to say, that little weasel, yep. if he Rat. did this, he did that. That little guy that did this. Yep. By the way, so will Biden, so will Trump. There's a difference, okay. though. No, there's a difference, though. The, the movie for, for the only difference between a movie for Trump versus a movie for a Biden versus a movie for Fauci is... Everybody had Fauci and Biden's back. No one had Trump's back. Everybody had their back. It's a different kind of a movie. I know sometimes it's politically correct to kind of throw it in there and just kind of just like this and just like that and just like this. No, the the one guy was muzzled. We forget. He's he can tweet. He doesn't tweet anymore. We forget he was banned from Facebook, Instagram, YouTube as a president by a social media company. What? Do we forget this? Right. Who else do they do this to? You mean to tell me Biden's never told lies? When did they ban this guy? Is this the is this the first president that's ever told a lie? If he did tell a lie, how about all the other guys that came before him? How about have you seen what Barack Obama looks like? Did you see him on oh, Charlemagne the God's podcast? I don't rough. know if you saw the one Charlemagne the book. He does not look good. He does not look confident. Mm-hmm. He looks weak. He looks like he's having a hard time giving his argument to Charlemagne, mm-hmm. like he's trying to defend, but he can't. Mm-hmm. How, did, how did you go from, uh, well, you know, at least uh, I will go down as a president, you know, and that yeah. whole yeah, mic yeah. drop on yeah. Fallon, Fallon or Kimmel, whichever yeah, yeah. one it was. And then he's like, well, you know, hey, uh, there's a guy in here who believes, and, you know, it's at the dinner. I don't know if you guys remember that whole speech. Oh, yeah. Uh, you will never be in a White House. And then, boom, he gets the White House. And then, you know, uh, what's his name? Snoop Dogg roasts him and says, this ain't the first time a Trump put a black man out of his house. You know, I don't know if you remember <laughs> yeah, when Snoop yeah. roasted him. Yeah, yeah. He did what he did. But How the, recent was the Obama Charlemagne? Uh, last week? Last week. Really? Yeah, it was a week Last ago. week. Do you have if any you, images of that, Rob? We ever seen it? How go, bad was it? Oh, just go watch it. It's very uh, – I, I can guarantee you there's a reason why this thing hasn't made it out yeah, to too many people. Yeah, I haven't seen any of this. There's a reason for that. Because Charlemagne was asking the questions a lot of people wanted to ask. And Charlemagne's a Democrat. Of course he is. But he did not look good on this interview. Can you imagine? By the way, here's what I want you to think about. No, just stay right yeah. there. Look at this. Oh, no, go back to where you were at. You were fine where you were at. The, 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 ah, where is it? Uh, anyways, I'll try to find it to show it yeah. to you. But the, it's weird that it's not, it's not popping up. up. Yeah, why why not, is that? Yeah, let me up. see. And by the way, it, it, if, it's, if it's recent or if it's... If it's the one that's a couple years ago, whichever one it was, two years ago. I have to tell you, the, the conversation about blacks, Obama looked so weak, and he's been out there very quiet, not kind of presenting himself too much, not talking about anything. These movies are going to be made, and we're going to look back one day saying, man, we were definitely manipulated during that two- or three-year period oh, from well, 2020 let, let me to guys, uh, Let me ask you guys a question. So imagine big tech existed at the time of the American Revolution. Oh, oh my <laughs> Is this country independent right now? I don't think Is so. it? Absolutely not. Right. No, the crown would have uh, ensured that it was Hey, all these people up. are causing real world harm by <laughs> by creating stirring up division. Right? <laughs> we got to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, King George would have shut right. that thing King down George ASAP. Would have, That's right. what you're saying right. basically. Cuz right there's there. real world violence yeah, going on based on what these people are saying in their yeah. pamphlets and their 
in the newspaper. It would have been called Big Monarchy, but no, a great point there, by right? the way. The, the, the big te- if the Big Tech is around in 1776, we aren't sitting here having this conversation. 100%. Yeah, and that comes back to the, the basic premise I was saying, that the foundation of America is to be able to debate and to be able You're to basically right. state your beliefs without being uncumbered by big tech censorship or big King George censorship, basically saying, no, you can't do that. It's a great point that you're making right now because the foundation of America is being a dissident and being saying, yeah, I don't think so. This whole no taxation without representation thing, that don't work for me, dog. That don't work for me, King George. And that's essentially the premise here. And we're seeing it shift from the hard right to the hard left. And that's a scary thing. By the way, Mark Cuban was seen wearing a shirt. Have you seen the shirt he wears? Where uh, type in Mark Cuban question uh, everything or something like question authority, I think is what it's called. Okay, go to question authority. This is his shirt. Okay, question authority. Zoom in. He's there wearing a shirt. Question authority. Yeah. He's another shirt. Question authority. Uh, uh, hey, Mr. Mark Cuban, why aren't you questioning authority? Yeah. Okay, Bobby the authority Dunn. is NIH. The authority is the guidelines of COVID. You talk about question authority. All right, you you have the mic. You, you're a, you're a triple threat. Mm-hmm. You're a guy that made the billions. You're the guy that runs a sports team. You're a guy that's had a very successful TV show for how long now? Ten years, fifteen yeah. years? I don't know what the number is. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's a great now he show. Has a drug, now he has a drug company. Well, he's got a lot of different yeah. things. But the point is, killing it. This is a guy that can argue on both sides. If mm-hmm. this is part of your brand, why don't you question authority? We should question authority. You, you bring know. up such a good point about Cuban, because let you know since we're going revisiting history, 1776. What would big tech be? Who would Mark Cuban been been 20 years ago if he didn't have this mindset? This guy was a trailblazer and a disruptor in the NBA. This guy was getting fined. The most fined the owner N- in history. This guy was getting fined day after day, week after week for basically doing what? Questioning of the authority of yeah. David Stern of yeah. the NBA. Hey, I don't like this rule. Fine. Hey, I don't agree with this. Fine. He was getting fined. Left and right, you're looking at me like maybe you don't know much about basketball. I'm, I'm a huge basketball <laughs> fan, actually, right, okay, but gotcha. that I didn't know about. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, this guy was getting was fined yeah. left and right. And the fact that it's it's kind of him saying now, no debate, debates are off the table. It's just a little ironic. And I, people have people people, you know, have memories. It's like this is one of the reasons that, you know, you find such issue with Arnold Schwarzenegger. They made a joke and the about thing it. that that he has said, like, forget your freedoms. Oh, coming like, with this that is accent. the guy. Yeah, yeah, with that Screw accent. Screw your freedoms. It's like this is the guy yeah. who was the biggest advocate for freedom. Yeah. And it's like people remember what you stood for 20 years ago, and then the hypocrisy of what it stands for now. And and that's okay. He was accumulated roughly wow. four million in fines in the NBA. Yeah, this was that dude. Yep. This was the disruptor in the NBA. This was the guy calling out nonsense. This was the Trump. Of the NBA, and now that you've made your money, you made your billions, you've rent, you've won your championship, you know. Yeah, but why? Adam, you sing a different Adam, tune. Well, why? Why Mark Cuban of all people? Why is he so pushing? Like he even did it. Like we talked about Pat with, uh, with Beasley, the the wide receiver for the Cowboys. Cole that was Beasley. like a Cole Beasley. Yeah. I'm not doing. He's like, I'll pay. I'll give you stock. And why is Mark Cuban so invested in what is going in other people's bodies? At the end of the day, he doesn't give a shit about the average person. What's his What's his incentive? Does he have Does he have stock? And Pfizer is he bought like I know he's, he has a drug company now, but I don't think. Why are you so I, worried though? Why is he I, so caring? I don't think I, this guy's worth. I don't know what he's worth. Can Billion. you pull up his net worth? He's probably four or five billion dollars yeah. at this point. I don't know what the number. But is. Pat, why, why is he so pushing on this? Why is he so five point one billion dollars? Why is he so pro vaccine and pro 
Like, I don't get it. What, what, I'm not what's your motive? I'm not worried that he's pro-vaccine. I'm worried that he's anti-debate. You could be pro-whatever the hell you want. But if you're not willing to at least come to the table and say, here's why I believe in this. All right, you believe in this? Let's engage. I don't. You could be pro-whatever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. If but you, it's if what you you're chose, anti. It's, yeah. If you choose Joe Rogan and Peter Hotez, Tom, between Joe Rogan and Peter Hotez, whose authority? And, and what subject? Just, just No, no. No, so the, the authority. What, Joe Rogan is not an authority in in, in he doesn't he's, he's authorize me to do. He's a moderator. So between Joe Rogan and Peter Hotez, who is the authority? Uh, Hotez is the objective yes. authority, decorated. We can prove it. Experience. Yeah. Perfect. We can in prove this it. case, Mark Cuban defended the authority. He didn't question the authority. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Period. Period. Simple as that. I mean, we can move on with this conversation. Yeah. So a man who was a pillar for questioning authority isn't questioning the real. Authority is questioning the guy that's questioning authority. (laughs) Joe Rogan is questioning authority, and you're not defending the guy that's questioning authority that validates the shirt you always wore when you were an NBA owner. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. So that's where the that's where the problem comes in here, where some people are wondering and saying, "What is going on over here?" So this leads me to something. Okay, ESG. Hmm. What is ESG? Uh, Just last week, Zero Hedge did a story. I'm sure you saw this. The ESG rules continues. Page uh, ten. Legacy tobacco companies are posting higher ESG scores than EV maker Tesla. Mm. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Tobacco companies such as, can you pull up the tweet, please, Rob? Tobacco companies such as Philip Morris and British American Tobacco have received higher ESG scores than Tesla, with Philip Morris scoring 84 points in British American Tobacco. Score 94, while Tesla only scored 37, okay? Uh, tobacco companies have strat- strategically embraced corporate progress- progress- progressivism, focused on diversity initiatives and social justice causes, while Tesla has been less engaged in these areas. Tobacco companies are gaming the system by embracing corporate progress- progressivism, notes the report. Tesla report. Tesla's lower ESG score could make it vulnerable to socially conscious <laughs> activist investors seeking board seats for or CEO removal. Oh, Elon Musk expressed frustration, questioning whether Tesla would face pressure from virtue signaling investors like those who targeted Exxon. I posted this tweet, and I said, so cigarettes do more good for climate than a Tesla? The hypocrisy of ESG scores. Tesla gets 37 out of 100. Philip Morris, 84. Wow. Who's supposed to believe this nonsense? Musk responded to this, actually, if you get lower. And he said exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, this is a guy that's actually helping the climate. And the other guys are not. And they're getting a better. What are your thoughts about the story? Well, this is why I said this whole worldview is anti-merit, right? Because it doesn't reward people who are doing stuff. It rewards people who are signaling, right? Like, you you tick this box. you got this many people from this demographic working at your company. That means you're better even if you're selling people cigarettes, right? Yeah. And, it, it, and it creates a world of perverse incentives. And as you know, Patrick, the people respond to incentives. If you put the wrong incentives in place, people are going to do the wrong things. Well, you asked the initial question, the ESG, because on the surface it seems ridiculous. So if you look at it, the the E, the S, the G, there's basically three different, uh, obviously, prototypes here. So E stands for environmental waste and pollution. This is how they basically score you. If you want to learn <laughs> the score goes, waste and pollution, resource depletion, greenhouse gas emission, deforestation, and climate change. So that's the environmental, right? Social, employee relations, and diversity. There's your DEI stuff right there. 
working conditions, local communities, health and safety, and a conflict. Governance, tax strategy, executive, remuneration, donations and political lobbying, corruption and bribery, board diversity and structure. So it's one of those things where you could, on the surface, score very high, probably on the environmental, but maybe you don't do so well on the social or the governance side of things. So that's how they get away with basically the optics of big tobacco getting higher uh, ESG scores or better ESG scores than something like a Tesla. Well, and I don't know if you remember when Elon was about to take over Twitter, they, there was this interview and they said to him, well, what are your thoughts on like, what's your policy on diversity? And he was like, I believe in the flat meritocracy. If you're good, you stay. If you're not good, you leave. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how every company in the world should be run. Okay. And that is anathema to these people. To them, that's like, <gasps> they freak out when they hear that right. because they're anti merit. This is my point, right? They don't want the company to be as successful as possible. They want to tick all their social justice boxes because that's what they believe in ideology. Yeah. And, and why does it only work in like board seats and stuff like that? So why, why aren't women fighting or, to be more on construction sites and on deep? see fishermen the hardest jobs in the world it's like why aren't more women fighting to do that it's because those people are there for the meritocracy right there like remember when people were up in arms i think it was united where they basically said uh we're we're hiring uh all moving forward 50 percent of pilots are going to be women yeah okay 50 percent of pilots and they were like yeah but 90 percent of the applicants are men yeah so it's like if i'm me and I just want to get to where I'm going from New York to Miami. Bro, I don't care if you're black, white, yellow, Puerto Rican, Haitian, Jamaican. I don't give a shit. Get me get from me point to A to point flight. B. Yeah. I don't need being like, well, did you check off the diversity box? No, in I order the to best person plane, for the job. Get me the pilot yeah. who's going to get me there well, safely. Or, yeah. Not person checking the DEI, ESG, OPP score. Rob, and I don't know if you can find this story. In the UK, we had this situation in the Royal Air Force where they, they had a diversity drive. They decided to recruit a certain number. And then they basically said, we're not hiring any more useless white men. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> And then they just couldn't get any fucking pilots. (laughs) (laughs) People were like, that's it. 160 white men. They actually sued the government and got paid out because they were being discriminated against. In the Air Force, these are the guys that drop bombs on our enemies. I don't care who they sleep (laughs) with or what their skin color is. I just care that they're good at dropping bombs. Can we just get some guys who can do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean... What are we doing? Again, common sense is going to prevail, guys, because more and more people from all sides are going to sit there who are Democrats, who are Republicans, who are whoever. They're going to say, yeah, you know what? I don't know, man. I'm just not. I can't see this thing making any sense. You know what? I'm done. I'm done with this. There's going to be more and more of that happening. Uh, You know what, Patrick? I agree with you. And I think, A, we got to be optimistic, but more, there's actual evidence for this. So I get invited to speak at different places, including corporate you know, situations, right? And they're all very scared to hear from me about this because I show them this shit and I'm like, this is what's going on. Uh, And they know it from the inside anyway. And very few of them will say anything publicly. Privately, they all agree. They all know. They all know this. The corporate people, the people who are running things, they've been bullied into this. They're afraid to speak up, right? We just got to give them permission to do that by seeing that it's not just the crazies who are making these points. There's some reasonable people who want people of all races to to never be discriminated against, who want people to get along, right? That's what I want. I just want if you're good, you get the job. If you're not good, you don't get the job. Constantine, you hit the nail on the head about people basically being afraid to speak what's on their mind. So I do a show where I interview. (laughs) women on the street, right? okay, about 
not uh, prostitutes. No, <laughs> not, not those. Hey, sometimes they are. But bad. We're not discriminating over here. Yeah, it's we don't, we don't, don't care how they the identify. But I asked them a series of questions, okay? What are you looking for in a man? What are you bringing to the table? Why would you be an ideal wife? By the way, do you think men should participate in women's sports? And that's the one question that either triggers them or basically they're like, listen, I don't really want to answer this. Uh, not what's your body count, not, you know, what makes you a good wife? It should men be competing in sports. And that's the, that's the question like, right. oh, uh, yeah, well, I think that, you know, and they'll give some sort of PC answer or they'll say an answer. And then the interview's over. I'll say, hey, thank you for the interview. Is it okay if we use this on? And they'll say, yeah, but the one part about the women's sports, can we maybe not use that? Or, you know, I don't like what I said. Or, by the way, you know, I would have said something a little bit different, but, you know, I have a job. So it's like that is the one trigger point. So sometimes it takes getting out on these streets, talking to these people. That's the one thing that they won't basically get behind on camera. They, which what you're talking about now is we're living in an age where we, social media and mainstream media are divisions in the army of the left that will come and attack you. These didn't used to exist. Um, a very good friend of mine um, passed away recently. He was quite old, but he was the ex-president ex of L.A. Coke, which was the largest Coke bottler in America. In the late 80s, a gentleman named Jesse Jackson and his organization called Rainbow Push, do you remember this? Went into their offices when they were basically based outside of Los Angeles in a very Hispanic area called, at that time, it was Riverside. So out there in Riverside, <clears throat> very diverse area, and that's where L.A. Coke had a tremendous amount of employees and a large bottling. <clears throat> Jesse Jackson's his people wheel in, they ask for a meeting, come to the conference room, and they ask for a quarter million dollars to be their consultant because they need to get to, and they put this number out, it was like 25 or 30 percent um, African Americans in management. And you're obviously discriminatory because of that. And they said, can you come back next week? Harold was a smart guy. Um, brought him back next week and says, okay, we need to do a press release together because we're going to lay off uh, 17, I think it was almost 17 um, um, uh, Hispanic people that are in management jobs as well as the following. And then we're going to announce that we're doing this. And we'd like you to be at the press conference when we announce this, that you've come in here, you're going to be our consultant, and these people are going to be laid off and we're going to reconstitute this racially toward your, <clears throat> your target here. When they said that, guess who left? Jesse wanted no part of that press release. Of course. No part of that press. Well, they bluffed him. So they bluffed him right out. But they didn't have the mainstream media. They didn't have social media. So this has been going on for a while. It was a shakedown. And there was a book eventually written about this simply called Shakedown, where there's money in this. People are going for the money that are not true believers. And so we also have, with all the things that are going on here, and the liberal media and social media coming out there, that the people you're talking about that will say things in private are scared scared to death of the of the public public backlash that happens from the other side and that's what people are running from now they're running from that the, and and you have to be able to stand up to it and you have to stand up to it and say it's hard to do today for a lot so of people it's so hard if you've you got know, a job above you yeah yeah if you've got people above you yeah, yeah. if if you're working for and like it, 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 this can be a weird advice i'm going to give this is the worst time ever to work for a Fortune 500 company mm. ever. This is the worst time to work for a company that is on the stock market, that is asking money from 
Vanguard, State Street, and what do you call it? Uh, uh, Vanguard, BlackRock, Black Black yeah, BlackRock. Because you have to you have to abide by certain rules and guide guidelines, or else you're being silenced. The employees being silenced. You're afraid to say like you know, he got banned on Instagram. <laughs> no, okay, God. for what? For Adam? Adam's not a guy that's going to go out there and say stuff to get banned. If there's anybody that is not a guy that should give it, he gets banned. Okay, guess what? Is he going to get his account back? 100% is going to get his account back. Is it going to take a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month, two months? To get? Of course, if you work at Instagram and you follow the content, reach out. We're already dealing with a couple. But if you do, DM me if you work at Instagram or send us an email, info at valuetainment.com. And put Adam Insta, and we'd love to follow up with you because we got some guys on the inside that's working on it. But anybody, but here's the part. You're going to end up getting your account back. Why am I confident he's going to get his account back? We have eyeballs. We have distribution. We have audience. We have leverage. We have, we have ways that we're going to get You're going to see his account's going to come back. But how many people who don't have that, who have 1,300 followers, 1,800 followers, 2,000 followers, there is no Instagram customer service line. Nope. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? By design. Those are the guys that are afraid who don't want to post anything. They're worried because if somebody takes them down, they don't have that help to get somebody to get their account back. Th- those guys are not protected. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I, I think it's a, it's a time where the, the people that want to get, like a, a guy calls me again. This is another guy. This is an athlete. You know who he is. He calls me. He says, I'm not happy about what's going on. We have a conversation together. I said, okay, so what do you want to do? He says, well, I'm getting all these other offers and monies are coming in from sponsorship by me just staying quiet. But I can't stand the fact that I'm doing this. And I said, how much? I said, do you have the kind of money where you don't give a shit if you get any more money? He says, I do. So was, I said, so what do you want? He said, but I want to get more money. I said, do you have other ways of making money without having to rely on the machine? Not yet. What do you tell this guy? Mm-hmm. Build, so look, build. You, you got to yeah. build your own thing, yeah. right? So, so it's either go talk, go align to get backing, go somewhere that they're gonna def- like. For example, Rogan has a, a reach saint status. We have very good. We have one of our best exchanges, him and I, yesterday, best ever. And and he's a guy that I think he is a the most necessary voice 100%. that's causing these types of conversations. And we got his back. I mean, this is a guy that's you know. You're you're fighting authority and you're questioning authority. Guess what? We defend your ability to question authority and see what's right and what's wrong. We're going to defend that. Mm-hmm. But Rogan's got saint status, right? He's UFC, Dana White, Endeavor, all those guys. And and you know what Dana White's brand is? Here's what Dana White's brand is. Can you imagine if Endeavor calls Dana White and says, "Hey, Dana, you got to kind of take it easy with this." Mm-hmm. What do you think Dana's going to say? Get the f- out. What are you talking about <laughs> right? right. But because that's how he's created his brand from day one. And they said, well, there can be no sports in America. UFC cannot have any fights for two years. Hell no. Mm. We're going to freaking Dubai. We're going to Abu Dhabi. What? Yes. And the only sport that was playing at the time was what? UFC. Guess what we watch? We watch UFC. Instead of basketball, you know, fans' cardboarded face. You're watching a football game saying, what the hell is this? Show the weakness. So meaning, 
Dana's brand is say something. Right. Hey, look at Dana. He hit his wife. I did, and I'm embarrassed by it, and I have to live with this for the rest of my life. And the more sp- people that I'm most embarrassed with is my kids. Do you realize I have to face this for you? Nobody here is going through harder times. And we're just, yeah. Yeah. So the brand of Dana's like, I don't give a sh-. So this is like for the small guy who's working at a Fortune 500, S&P 500. This is why, Patrick, there's more responsibility for people who do have a voice and for people who do have a platform to actually step up. That's why, because they, 100% because agree. they can. 100% agree. Right? We, and, and so we've had you, you know videos taken down on YouTube. We kick up a fuss in the press because we can. Boom, comes back. We had our bank account shut down a few weeks ago. Uh, we don't know if it was political or not, but again, big stink everywhere online. We get it back. What if you're an ordinary person? Yeah. Right? So that's why people who do have a platform, your athlete friend, like if you've got enough money, you gotta you gotta speak up. And if you don't yet, you don't have that independence and build it. Go out and actually get yourself to a point where you can speak. Because it's important, right? Like, if you feel so bad doing what you're doing, no millions are going to make you feel better about it. You know, you know, you know, it's crazy, though. You know what I tell these guys? They call me and they tell me the fear of losing everything. I said, listen, you know, Ali wasn't afraid. He stood up. XYZ wasn't afraid. A lot of these guys weren't afraid. What, what kind of a guy do you want to be known for? Do you just want to be known for as a guy that made a half a billion dollars? Or do you want to be known as a guy that your kids one day going to look back and say, my dad took a stand and he was not afraid to stand up and voice his opinion. You got money. That's right. You got plenty of money. What do you, so, well, yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying, but again, this it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's so easy to talk hard and you are, you know, but that guy has to make the decision and there is a fear of making that decision. And there's a lot of things you lose when you make that decision. But there's something you get to. You get something, which is you Honor. know you you know yourself as a real man in that moment. Well, look at, at the at the end. For the longest time, I create. I was creating content. People would say, "Pat, you know, Patrick's talking politics. My team's about to lose." There, I've seen this before. It's the mistake PBD is making. He's officially talking politics. He's about to lose his entrepreneurship audience. I sat there. I'm like, you know. I don't do well with control. <laughs> I don't do well with authority. You, yeah, no. I listen, Mar, hey Mario, don't let me talk politics. And I'm talking politics. Finally, I'm like, listen, man. Here's what we're gonna do. We have entertainment, business, all the stuff that we're doing. Great. We have PBD podcasts. We're talking freely about all the issues. And I just want to talk to people about real issues in life that's going on. Let's talk shop. And you agree, disagree, I'm going to be challenged. Oh, you were wrong. Shit, I was wrong. Oh, I was like, you were wrong. You were wrong. No, we were both right and wrong. Okay, great. Let's go research this. But what it's doing is this, the evolution of the audience grown with us is saying, I'm also kind of going through the journey with you guys, right? But at the end of the day, the problem is going to be by those of us that can actually have a voice and we can push back and we don't because we're worried about losing a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Hey, those guys are going to give us money. What about this? We don't need any sponsors. We've had a lot of weird sponsors come in. We have multiple alcohol people that will come and tell me we'll pay you, you know, a million dollars, two million dollars, three million dollars. I'm like, dude, I'm the worst sponsor to do alcohol. Okay. I, I drink an old fashioned once a month. Yeah. And I want you to take a picture every time I drink an old fashioned from the moment they bring it to me to the moment I finish drinking it. 
it goes from this much to how much, uh, uh, Adam? Not you see it every time. Yeah, I usually finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but the point, I'm like, I can't yeah. do that, man. Hey, right. coffee, you guys want to do coffee sponsorship? We can't do that, but I agree with you. We ought to be a little louder. Can I, I want to go to the story. Thing about the I'll, I'll let you wrap up, and then I yeah. want to go to the story with what's going on with California parents who don't affirm gender. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, just to circle back, you brought up the fact that my Instagram account was taken, and uh, I, I really empathize with everything that's going on with Tate because they don't give you a warning. There was no, hey, this is the reason why. There was no, hey, in order to contest this, uh, press this button. It's just gone, man. And I can't tell you how it feels mm. as something that's worked. I only had 100,000 uh, followers on Instagram, but I've had it for 10 years. I worked my ass off, started doing basic money tip stuff all the way to 10 years later. Now I'm doing interviews with PBD and Andrew Tate like the, the the progression it feels like someone comes in your house robs everything takes it over locks the door and you have no ability to basically say hey what's going on here guys it's like a raping of the highest kind and it's uh, ultimately what I've learned from doing this show is that the the first amendment in Amer here in America is the greatest thing we have and if you're if you silence someone and if you muzzle someone and you can't say what's on your mind, I'm not a crazy person. I'm not a far-right conspiracy theorist. I'm not far less. I'm kind of like you, Constantine. I'm very, very much in the middle. Very much. And, you know, what's the famous Voltaire quote? Like, I d disagree with what you're saying, but I will defend vehemently your right to say it. That's how I feel right now. And it, it's a very weird thing. And the last thing, you know, the famous quote, like, first, the famous poem, first they came for the Hungarians, and then I wasn't Hungarians, and then they came for the... The labor union, and I wasn't a labor unionist, so then I didn't say anything. Then they came for the Jews, and I wasn't Jewish, I didn't say anything. It's like, then they came for me, and there was no one left to say anything. And that's how I feel. It was like, yeah, during the January 6th stuff, I was like, yeah, I don't, oh, it's not my thing. During the COVID thing, yeah, it's not my thing. It's like, no, no, now that it's happened to me, it's like, holy shit here. It's like, if they'll get you, they can go for anybody at any given point yeah, for any reason. You're going to get your account back. It's the hundreds of thousands of people Millions. that will never mm -hmm. get their accounts back, bro. Which is sad. Which is sad. Yeah. Those are the people that will never get their accounts back because they don't have a voice or backing to get yeah. their accounts back. And that's back. a very sad thing. Very now, sad I love situation. your confidence that I'm going to get my account no, back. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you're okay. going to get your account back. There is no question about it, but it's going to take a minute until we... There's fast strategy or slow strategy. The fast strategy is tomorrow you come out and tell people that you're transgender. Trans. Yeah, that, that's, I'll do it right <laughs> now. Guys, guys, if an if you're trans, you'll get I'm it back. Ally, right. I'm trans. Check, I'm just check masquerading right now. as a man want, right now. Or is the slow Instagram, route. if you're Got watching right now, just my oh, ESG score is very high. I love what Constantine said in that speech. Can you pull up the speech on him and his wife getting pregnant 15 months ago? Of course, this is a while back. But go ahead. Yeah, press, press that. Watch this part. This is my favorite part of the speech. Go ahead. 15 months ago, my wife got pregnant. Not me, because we're old school. <laughs> old school. <laughs> <laughs> he starts laughing. They have to clap. Oh, and for nine months, so we talked fun. about what our... You're old school. You're this is in Oxford? Is that where this is? Yeah. yeah. Oxford, yeah. By the way, what's the environment here? What's the... Uh, essentially, so what's going Oxford on? Oxford is like our Harvard, yeah. right? And this is a, their debating society. They've had <laughs> former U.S. presidents, prime ministers, all of that come here. And they asked me to speak at a debate about has woke culture gone too far? And to be honest with you, I'm kind of getting tired of talking about wokeness because I'm just like, we need to get through that to the post-woke conversation because 
anti-woke and woke to me are both like pretty crazy right now. You know what I mean? We got, we just got to get through it. Uh, so I, I talked about that, but from a different angle, you know, you heard it earlier talking about climate change and so on yeah. and just saying you're not being effective. And my friend, Melissa Chen, I don't know if you guys know her. She tweeted something a long time ago that really stuck with me. She said, you cannot stay woke if you build anything, whether that's muscle, whether that's a business and whatever, because once you start getting into the real world and you start trying to do things, you understand it's not all black and white. There's trade-offs. You go this way, you're going to lose this. You go this way, you're going to lose that, right? And it, it shows you a little bit of the nuance of reality uh, and it forces you to confront the world as it actually is. So Melissa Chen is great. Yeah, I love the part about you you talking with uh, John Anderson about, you know, Thomas Sowell, there's no such thing as solutions, but trade-offs, right. that whole concept you were going back and forth with. Thomas Sowell, legendary oh, mind, insane. something else, yeah. Crazy. Okay, let's talk about California. So another state just banned, no, no, not this one. What page is that what on? What page is it? Uh, pa, 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 pa. No, 16. This, this, okay, page 16. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, there you go. California bill could result in loss of custody for parents who don't affirm children's gender. This is an actual law they're passing. I thought it was a joke as well. Oh so a video in which a patent and attorney uh, obliterated Representative Wilson's backpedaling on child abuse claims and vague terminology. If you want to have that, put that clip up, uh, Rob, you got the Twitter link here. California AB 957, known as the TGI Youth uh, Empowerment Act, could lead to child abuse accusations against parents involved in custody battles if they do not affirm their children's chosen gender identity. The bill initiated on Assemblywoman Lori Wilson aims to prioritize the parent who best affirms the child-selected identity in custody disputes. However, the legislation does not explicitly Define what affirmation entails. The proposed law considers affirming a child's gender identity as part of their health, safety, and welfare. It grants the court, it grants the court system the ability to make custody and uh, visitation decisions based on a parent's affirming of their child's gender identity. And by the way, this lady gives this talk. You don't have to play the whole thing, but play the first 30 seconds, maybe a minute, and then we'll respond to it. I am Erin Friday, lead of our duty, an attorney and a mother of a girl who used to believe that she was a boy. AB 957 is the first bill in the nation to codify into law that a parent who does not affirm the gender identity of the child is abusive. There is no nuance in this bill. It matters not the age of the child, the absurdity of the identity, adopted comorbid mental health issues or persistence. Family court judges will be compelled to favor the child who will affirm the ch child's delusion. Parents can easily game the system and use gender as retaliation against each other. What happens when one parent will socially affirm the child but will not agree to medicalize? Does the parent willing to do more transitioning prevail? AB 957 unambiguously states that the health Safety and welfare of the child includes a parent's affirmation of the child's That's gender insane. identity. You can pause it right there. Tom, what's your reaction to this? The um, reaction is Lori Wilson is pandering to the mob um, where she probably gets donations and things. And what she's putting is it custody is such an important thing, you know, equality of custody. And it is so important that parents both get a fair shake because – Kids are going through a stressful thing called the divorce. 
Kids at 10 years old are being asked to take a stance against mom or dad, by mom or dad. This puts kids in incredibly stressful situations in the first place. And now you're asking a kid to put something else on the table or be manipulated on something else, and then the parents go after each other. Look, divorce and custody battles in this country are are flamethrowers enough. And now this lawyer is correctly pointing out that this bureaucrat, Lori Wilson, is putting AB 957 out there that in addition to do you support public school or private school, do you let them hang out with their friends or not, do you let them have a cell phone or not, all these things come up in divorce cases. Divorce cases and custodies have been flipped on what age would you allow the kid to have a a phone to text their friends and judges are going one parent or another on, on freedoms and disobedience. Now you're just putting another log on this great big fire, an absurd log, which she points out does not have clear definitions of what all this um, affirmation is. This is, uh, this is lunacy. And there, if you step back a little bit even more, Tom, it, it, look, I mean, we talk about gender affirming care. I mean, you, we don't have that term, but you guys have here. Let me just step back a little bit and ask a simple question. Why can you not have sex with a child? It's illegal. They're underage. You know, but why? But why is that? Because a child illegal. can't consent to sex. Exactly. A child cannot make the decision to have Correct. sex, which sex is a normal thing for human beings to do. But a child can consent to change their sex? Is that what, is that what you're telling me? Correct. A child can mm-hmm. is capable. They're not allowed to drink. They're not allowed to smoke. They're not allowed to take certain drugs. They're not allowed to get married. They're not. But they are able Enlisted to in the army, right? But they can make this decision. Is that what you're telling me? And if if you don't, as a parent, affirm them, the government is going to take them away and give them to what? What? Did you see Bill Maher's speech on uh, on? He sums up the speech this way, talking about exactly what you're talking about. He said, "When I was young, I wanted to be a pirate." I'm so glad that my parents didn't send me out for eye removal and peg leg surgery. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I have a personal experience with this because I have three younger sisters. The middle one, when she, she, she was seven years old, this is like in the, in the 90s back home. So like you, this thing wasn't around, right? And she said to my mom, oh, I'm a boy. And she'd, she'd run around claiming she's a boy. Well, she's grown up now. She's the most feminine, beautiful young woman, just got married last year in Armenia to an Armenian guy. Like when she was seven, she thought... She was a boy, okay? She, kids don't know what mm-hmm. they're doing. That's why they're kids. That's why we protect them. They all have faces. They have to be protected from each, themselves too, right? Where does this idea come from that they can just suddenly decide what they are and we've got to throw the whole weight of the medical system at them to facilitate that? Yeah, I'm so glad you, show, you shared the, the, the story of your sister because when you humanize these stories, it's like, all right, these are real people with real stories and there's a beginning, middle, and end to these stories. I grew up with two girls that were like the two girls that played with all the boys in sports, okay? Fast forward, they were like tomboys. We right. all remember tomboys, right? This was, a, this was a thing that we're all very familiar with. Now, what happened to these two girls? One ended up growing up becoming a lesbian. She's a feminine lesbian. She's a woman, okay? The other girl, we ended up dating in high school. She's a woman, a full-on, which she's now married with kids. Mm. But, like, these stories, when you're 7, you're 10, you're 12, and you think that you're a pirate or you think that you're a boy, you're going to evolve. Like, I thought I was a dinosaur when I was 7 years old. I'm not walking around, you know, on two legs over here with little arms out here. But if you don't give children the ability to grow up and evolve and you basically... 
castrate them or cut them off or hormonize them, you don't give them the ability to figure it out later on in life. And that is the truest crime. Well, my buddy Francis so that we do trigonometry with, uh, he used to be a teacher for 12 years. Um, and he, he, he always tells the story. He says, I, I had this kid who was about nine years old. And I said to him, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the kid looked at him and went, I want to be a dog. Yeah. <laughs> that's kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the level they're operating at, you know? At least he didn't say cat. We don't got to go there. <laughs> By the way, this is, somebody just commented GM and said, Jeff Younger's ex-wife took his son, uh, he gave a super chat, to, to, took his sons to Cali for that exact reason. He would be a great man to talk to. If you type in Jeff Young ex-wife, you'll see the story. You guys have seen this before. They get a divorce. A wife moves to California to take advantage of the, the law so his, their son could transition. Okay. Pretty wild when you think about some of these things that's taking place. But by the way, this leads to Newsom's media blitz fueling presidential talk. Page four, he was on Hannity, and a lot of people said he destroyed Hannity. A lot of people say that, that it wasn't Hannity's best luck. Newsom went in there ready and looked strong. California Governor Gavin Newsom increased media presence has sparked speculation about his presidential ambitions with Democratic strategist Steve uh, Maviglo uh, suggesting, I buy that he supports the president, but I also think that he wants to be there in case, God forbid, there needs to be an alternative. If something happens to the president or if somebody else uh, mounts a challenge, Newsom's recent confrontation with Florida governors, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and his media engagement, including interviews with Fox News' Sean Hannity, has intensified. The speculation. Newsom has called DeSantis a small, pathetic man uh, has and raised the possibility of pressing charges against Florida officials. Fernand Amandi, a Democratic pollster, notes that Newsom's attacks on DeSantis have been well received by Democrats in Florida and nationally. So what, is this a publicity stunt? Is this a, a preparation for presidential run? What, what do you think is going on here with Newsom, Tom? Uh, I think he's. this is a run, and we're just waiting for the DNC, and we've been talking about this on this podcast with some factual things that have been coming up. The DNC hasn't taken a stance on certain things. The DNC has been leaking, at certain times, non-favorable Biden articles to people like the New York Times. There is a backroom undercurrent going on here that if you look at it, you do not have to be a conspiracy theorist, you look at it. He is saying, I'm running, and he is putting his group together. But the DNC and the Democrat machine is not fully supported that yet. And Newsom, I believe, is standing at the door saying, come on, guys, wave the flag. Green flag here. Let's go racing. Wave the flag. I think that's exactly what Newsom's doing, and he's positioning himself. He's taking advantage of not just photo ops, but places to put an opinion out that is a national uh, political position. I think that's what's going on here. Newsom is just waiting for the DNC to open the door and say, game on. I actually disagree with Tom on this, and we'll see how this plays out. Right, the debate, go on. Go yeah. on. <laughs> I think this is not a jockeying for position. I think this is an insurance policy. God forbid Biden is not equipped. We all, I mean, when he falls again? Exactly. God forbid that Biden is not able. Right, it's an insurance policy it's where it's like, now. correct. Yeah. Well, they're going to still prop him up, and he's still going to be the guy that he's going to be running in, in 2024. But I think whether it's the DNC doing this, whether that's his uh, 
internal team that's basically saying, hey, stay ready, stay fresh. Because it's almost like an athlete saying, hey, we don't know if MJ is going to be able to play tonight, buddy. All right, now I'm not definitely not comparing Biden to MJ, all right, that yeah. just being out there. But just in case he's not ready, we're going to need you to stay ready. stays, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he still put up 45. Yeah. Uh, but just stay ready. Blood stay ready. just got hurt. Exactly. Are you ready? Yeah. So... By the way, I think uh, if you know if you if you watched any of that stuff that he did with Hannity, he dismantled Hannity. It was not a good look for Hannity on his own show. If you were just tuning in and saw that, you would thought you would think that was the Gavin Newsom show, and that Hannity was the one basically backpedaling and trying to answer questions. Uh, to his comments about DeSantis, we've met DeSantis. Uh, he is neither small nor pathetic, but he is, I can confirm, a man. So that is uh, okay. That that is. Yeah, top, he got two just, out of three. He, by the way, this the sold polls is favoring Trump more and more. And DeSantis is flatlining based on numbers that just came out. Uh, Trump uh, cruises DeSantis flatlines in polling even after bombshell indictment. This is political story that just came out. So DeSantis' marketing team's got to get to work. RFK strategy, just so you know if DeSantis' team is listening, here's RFK's strategy. He's getting more eyeballs than DeSantis. RFK is going to podcasts, mm-hmm. long-form podcasts. And he's sitting there in the line of fire taking questioning. Let me say that one more time. DeSantis' campaign, this is our governor. The reason why we moved to Florida is because of the great, phenomenal job he did. But he's got to get in the firing line and start taking the questions. Go on the top 20 podcasts out there, long form, two hours, and talk and sell and debate. Sell America. Sell the future. Sell your family. Sell what values and principles. And that momentum will come back up because this strategy, the old school 1990s way of running for office, does not work today. And RFK is at 15 points without a single person on mainstream media giving him anything. Yeah, He's at 15 points. RFK, last story before we wrap up, Andrew Tate. The more you tell, the more you sell, baby. Andrew Tate, go to the last story here with, uh, if you want to pull up the story on Andrew Tate and what just happened with him being charged this morning. Uh, do you do you have the story, Rob? Um, if you just want to go to Value and it's right on the cover of it. Just type in Value and go to the cover of it. Yeah, there we go. Uh, go to ValueTainment.com, Rob. Just go to Value There you go. Perfect. Did okay. you hear what RFK so said? On that. What? RFK said on the, at the end of the Joe Rogan podcast. What's that? He goes, I am not talking vaccines, period, from here on out, like in any podcast. He goes, I said what I had to say. I'm done because he knows that they're going to yeah. take him down. Uh, so here we go. Andrew Tate. Romanian officials filed charges against the Tate brothers. The controversy continues So as social media influencer Andrew Tate has officially been charged with rape, human trafficking, and forming an organized crime group to sexually exploit women, according to BBC's News and Tate's apparent number one fan, writer Lucy Williamson. Uh, Andrew's brother, Tristan, is also facing the same charges. A Romanian judge now has 60 days to inspect the file and uh, with their case being sent to trial. Uh, upon hearing the news, the Tate brothers' media team responded, while this news is uh, undoubtedly predictable, we embrace the opportunity it presents to demonstrate their innocence and vindicate their reputation. The indictment added that it allows us to present a comprehensive body of evidence diligently collected and prepared over time, which will undoubtedly substantiate the uh, brothers' claims of innocence there are separate charges still under investigation, which could lead to a separate indictment, including money laundering and trafficking minors. Both brothers continue to claim their innocence. Having denied all allegations, the trial is not expected to start immediately and is predicted to take several years. Jeez. And if you want to see the interview, click below. Several years? Yeah. Uh- well, listen, that story is out. Here's how it works. They've said it. The, both brothers have said 
If you have anything with us, go to the police, create a report, come with your story. If they've done anything, the law's going to do their part. If they've not done anything and they're playing this game, Romania almost has to do something to show that, yes, we were right the last, you know, since April of going back and forth for however long it's been, 14 months. There is something there. It's been allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Now it's we got to convict them because everyone's been saying, when are you going to convict them? So this whole four, 14 month witch hunt, guess what? The real job just starts now. Their lawyers can officially do their jobs now. For the last 14 months, they literally couldn't do anything because there was nothing to fight off. There's no paper to attack. Nothing. No paper to now, defend, excuse me. Now they're going to go after him. And this thing's going to take a while before we learn anything about it. Are you following the story with Tate? A little bit, What are your yeah. thoughts on this? Well, I, I, I just want to see what, what happens now. Right? Yeah. You said it yourself. It's allegation, allegation, denial, denial. we got to see what the reality is. And everyone's innocent until proven guilty. But if these charges are serious, let them be investigated and we'll see what happens. Yeah, the law's going to – it's on the law now to do their part and it's on their lawyers to do their part. It's going to be a, but it's going to be a long process. I don't think we're going to get an update in a month or two. I think this thing's going to go for a while. Mm-hmm. So if there's anything I've in. learned from from Tate is that the Matrix is real and their Matrix attacks are <laughs> a real thing. One thousand. And they will do whatever the hell they want to do to bring you down. They will try to find. They will spend months, years, going going through all your stuff to find anything. They will go back ten years ago to some girl in some pub that you may or may not have met, nameless, faceless woman. And allow her to basically give her story, and you're like, I don't have no clue who this person is. But they will use that against you, and they will and will basically use the system. Talk about the system being weaponized and politicized. It's exactly what's being is going on here. And let's just remind each other. Tate predicted this. He basically said, I'm calling my shot right here. It gave the old Babe Ruth. This is what's going to happen right here. And just think about it. If you're a criminal, just in any in any realm, we all saw Goodfellas. The number one rule: lay low, lay low. The, the, the advice was, shut. yeah, keep your mouth shut. The advice was not go start a podcast, <laughs> just shoot off at the hip, say everything wild that you've ever done in your life, business, financial, sexual, social, and let everybody know all your deepest, darkest secrets. If you have something to hide, you don't do that shit. Yeah. Okay, it just does it. We're living in a fucking clown world right now, and this is the tip of the spear of Clown Central right now. Welcome to Comedy Central. Yeah, and being—I mean, thinking about being around them for all those hours that we were, and hearing him and talk to him. I don't—I'm not—I don't judge people, but just the character in his eyes, man, like just having those moments. I mean, he knew it was coming, but I—I I believe that they're innocent. But I mean, he's there's, there's no sur- surprise here. There's, there's no, no surprise. surprise. Yeah. And they're in Romania, bro. They're, remember, they even—I think what it's, it's one judge. There's no jury. Yeah. You don't speak the language. How are you supposed to even? Defend yourself. You know what the lawyers are thinking right now? Finally, we can get to work. Yeah. Let, let us do our part now. Show the evidence and get to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end, either the side that can't stand these guys is going to say, I told you so. We were right. Look what they did. Here's who they are. Or the other side is going to cause them to get their voices to be 10 times bigger than it is today. Mm-hmm. It's uh-huh. just going to elevate if they end up coming out innocent. But one of the sides is going to win, and time's going to tell. And by the way, okay. thank God that there's platforms like Rumble, like there's platforms like Twitter. Twitter. At least he can get his voice out Something. there. Imagine if there was nothing, none of that, uh. and he had to rely on basically big tech censorship uh. to get his voice out there. That is scary. You're exactly right, Adam. Two words, Duke lacrosse. Took two years, but they were innocent. But look what they did to them along the way. Exactly. Yep. 
So, and, and by the way, you know, if, if, if we have to give credit where credit's due. Both of their interviews are still on YouTube as of right now. If it changes, great. Credit to YouTube. Their interviews are still on Valuetainment, and they're still there for people to go listen to them. Okay? Yeah. And after the indictment, the other 45 minutes that was not released to the public will be released. Mm. If you want to hear that 45 minutes that we have to cut, text the word Tate to 310-340-1132. And if you enjoyed our guest today as much as we enjoyed him today, Click on a link below in the description, Rob. Let's drive him to trigonometry and the book to stay in contact with this man because his voice is also necessary. He's not only funny, but he also knows how to reason, and it's easy to listen to. It's been great having you on the podcast, man. Appreciate you for coming out. I appreciate you, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.